Hey everybody, I'm Nick Galfis. I play Dr. Halstead in Chicago Med, and you are listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Happy Friday. Welcome to episode 275. We did a last minute check of Twitter before we started recording. There has been no news that has dropped of the bad variety. So we should be in the clear. Yeah, nobody's left yet. Yet. But it is Wednesday when we're recording this. But yeah. Yeah. We should be in the clear. hopefully for the next like two hours and change yeah at least we got lucky though nothing dropped during the dancing with the stars finale so that's oh thank god yeah i know (laughs) so yeah uh continuing our trip back through the vault it's episodes 110 today so metfire pd season one episode 10 this was a good batch of episodes yeah there's a lot to talk about so much to talk about yeah so as you know we usually started off with the news i want to say this in a very hushed voice because i'm very scared that if the universe hears it they're gonna like manufacture news but we don't have any news i know i know gonna knock on wood i feel like the next time we really get news like i have a feeling as we get closer to christmas obviously we probably won't have like much but then eventually it's gonna be like episode descriptions that like it's like all gonna hit very quickly as long as that and casting news are the only type of news we have i'll be happy with that yeah same yeah but i feel so. like it's coming i feel like it's gonna hit sooner rather than later it's gonna be like a couple quiet weeks hopefully and then it's gonna all hit it's like episode descriptions photos this that i'm like okay oh i'm so ready for photos yeah i'm ready it's just been so nice to see like all the behind the scenes stuff too this week like just like seeing them back on set i don't know it just does something to my soul like it's, it's like so good for my soul yeah same well not only not only did we get a behind the scenes picture this week we finally got a shot of taylor the first taylor sighting yeah since his break earlier this year and he looks great when i was like why am i crying like why did that like just seeing him in a photo like i don't know why did that make me so emotional because we're desperate for familiarity and seeing his face is good yeah it was just it was very it was a calming thing that i didn't even know i needed same Um, yeah and that was really good to see and the Severide eyes are back in full force. They, they've never, they never went away. Beautiful. Still have some questions, though. I mean, he's in his turnout gear, so. No, I'm not even talking about that. I was just talking about in general, like, mainly over on PD. <laughs> cough, cough, Benjamin. What the fuck is going on over there? Yeah, is Benjamin actually still on the show? Really don't know. This is kind of like going into was it season seven of med when dylan left no season eight was it eight because he came in in season seven well yeah it was going into that season after how you know it, it flew under the radar the whole time and then slowly but surely we all kind of realized wait a second guy hasn't been in chicago for any of this stuff yeah and i know they're only a week into filming but benjamin's been in l.a yeah, I mean, granted, we don't know. He could have been on set for a few days and then, like, gone to L.A. Because he was in L.A. 
presumably because he won the Imogen. Is that how you say it? I think so. Um, for his role as Torres. Um, I think it was supporting actor drama, if I remember correctly. Um, which is obviously amazing. And that was Monday night. So I presumably that was why he was in LA, but he was still in LA last night. Because he was at a basketball game. So yeah, the detective work we had to do, by the way, of just like, let's see, let's see the sponsor on the wall. What, what arena could that be? And then, oh wait, there's people behind him in Lakers jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't like that they're still doing this method of having him a bunch of episodes and then maybe one or two episodes he sits out. I don't like that. Well, and also, like, it's the premiere. Right. Like, okay, fine, if he's going to sit out, he's going to sit out. But, like, it's the premiere. Was he in the finale? (laughs) Yes? Question mark? I don't remember. Are they going to Rojas him? I don't know. And that's the other thing, too, right? It's like, is he even coming back? Is he even actually going to still be on the show? And then I'm like, okay, but then you're really down to considering the fact that Upton is leaving at some point. You're going to literally be down to three intelligence members and Voight. Yeah. And I mean, I love those three intelligence members dearly, but like three intelligence members and Voight. I was telling the patrons this last week that they're just going to need to rename the show to Chicago Burzik Water. Well, yeah, yeah, I heard you say that. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's true, though. Yeah. Bring in new people or just at least bring back Torres. Like, I don't I don't know. I'm just begging for some familiarity here. Yeah, but like, so we'll see. I guess that's on. We're on Benjamin Watch. Benjamin Watch, yeah. Trying to see if he makes an appearance. Yeah. Um, citizens of Chicago out there, you know what to do. You know what yeah. to do. Yeah. Because I think we're pretty good now. I'm like, obviously, the fire cliffhanger, like that, thanks to our patron Emily, has been resolved. That has been resolved. Uh, are we going to talk about it? Are, are we? Spoiler alert if you don't care to hear this, then skip forward a little bit. Yes. But one of our patrons went to filming the other day and was able to snap a photo. And Christian was photographed with Joe and Daniel? David. 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 So that is one cliffhanger we are able in to In his check turnout gear. Yes, in his turnout gear. Not just like on set, like in his turnout gear, which means he makes it out. Yes. Somebody commented on that picture and was like, well, what if it's a flashback? To which I say they haven't done a flashback since season three. So is that really the last time they did a flashback? Yeah. It was when Shay died. That's really the last time they did a flashback? Yep. I feel like they've done one more recently, but like. I feel pretty confident in that one. But. Yeah, they very rarely do them, regardless whether that was the last one or not. They very rarely do them. So so that's one cliffhanger checked off the list. Yeah, nobody's seen Patty, but like He's I feel out like there. once we I feel like once we get there supposedly, I don't know if this was for all three shows or just fire, but like supposedly fire starts filming episode two tomorrow, which is thursday because we're recording like you said on wednesday 
So I'm hoping within like a couple of days, once we're pretty sure they're all in episode two, that like maybe we'll start to see Patty. Like oh, you mean PD him. starts filming episode two? Well, Logan had said that Fire starts filming episode two tomorrow. So like I would assume that like PD and Med are not far behind them, if not starting on the same day. Yeah, and I did see somebody had posted that there were some permits coming up for the Berzik house. Yeah, and like somebody was looking, you know, they were looking for a Michaela uh, friend, like classmate or something. Like, you know, I'm sure there's more Berzik coming. So like, yeah. Like I said, I feel like once we get further in and we know they're past the premiere, then I feel like we'll start to see Patty emerge because like eventually he's going to have to. They can't film in public and, like, not have Patty be there if he's in the episode. Exactly. And if, if we're and completely same wrong... With Benjamin. And same with Benjamin. Like, you, we'll find out very quickly, I feel like, whether Benjamin's still on the show or not. Yeah, we should be able to. If uh, if we're wrong in our, our Ruzik predictions, then we have our clown masks handy. Yeah. That would just be wild, though. It would be wild. I can't, I can't handle that. I know. Yeah. Yeah. This is the tough part about being a shy heart is that all of the evidence might point one way where you're like, hey, in those promo photos, his eyes were open and hey, he would never leave. Hey, we're okay. And then there are those moments where your mind just takes it over and is like, nah, he's dead. I will say though, maybe this is maybe this is just like me being out there. Given how much we already know about like Alberto leaving and Kara leaving and the fact that Tracy's leaving. I feel like if Patty was leaving, it would already have come out. I don't know anything anymore. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if they've already leaked three of the major exits, like, I'm pretty sure somebody would have found out and been like, oh, yeah, uh, Patrick Pfluger leaving Chicago PD. Like, I feel like they would have, that would have come out somehow. But what do I know? Maybe not, but. They better be given those three whatever they want to stay on their show. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Even though we don't have any news, what we have been doing during a hiatus that has kind of kept us sane, really, is our Dancing with the Stars updates. And... Yeah. What What were you going to say? Yeah. No, I was just going to say, like, I tweeted this last night that, like, I thought this season was not going to be the greatest when the cast was announced. But honestly, like, it's been the thing that's, like, saved my sanity this fall. Like, yeah, I really, I really needed the joy that Dancing with the Stars has brought me this season more than ever, and it's what's really great. I, I really needed it, big time, big time. So we are twenty four hours removed from the Dancing with the Stars season finale. By the time you're listening to this, we'll be like three days removed from it, maybe four. Mm-hmm. I can't math. Um, so yeah, if you haven't watched, then skip forward, I guess, but. How could you not watch? It's been everywhere. Uh, Yeah. So long story short, we were correct. The champion of this season of Dancing with the Stars is Sochi Gomez and her partner, Valch Marikovsky. We were correct. Very well deserved. Very well deserved. And she made that especially clear in this finale. Oh, yeah. Her dances were just above and beyond. It, yeah, it was truly just like the icing on the cake. I mean, she ended up because they tallied the scores from the semis and um, the fina- the finale, and she scored a perfect 120 over 120. I don't think that's ever happened before. Well, I mean, they don't do, but like she had like perfect, perfect. Yeah. She had perfect scores last week, perfect scores this week. I mean, like it was just, yeah. 
it was it was great it was great um we disagree a little bit on this one but i think ariana kind of slipped up a little I so I went back and watched. I you can definitely tell she was like Carrie Ann was right. She was definitely like ahead of her music a little bit, um, in her samba for sure. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I still thought she was great, but it was definitely like once I went back and watched, I was like, that was really great, and I still think better than some people, but not Ariana level. Right. Right. So. Who do you think had the best freestyle? Um, I would personally say either I like I really like Ariana's. Um, I also really like Sochi's and I really like Jason's. Those were probably my three. Um I Charities is fine. Yeah, and, and she went first. So her freestyle, I was like, that was pretty damn good. But then when the other four went, I was like, okay, wait, these are above and beyond better. The thing about charities is is charity charities is a cheerleading routine with like one tiny section of dance. It's not yeah. a dance routine. And that was very made clear. Like what she did was amazing, but it's not a dance routine. It's a cheerleading routine. Yeah, I get that. I feel like they leaned way, almost way too hard into the cheerleading. And then they had like some of the Navarro cheerleaders in there. And I was like this, I, they went way too hard into the cheerleading part and like should have done a little cheerleading. And like, obviously then somehow, I don't know, it, it was not my favorite. I mean, it was great, but, like, not in terms of, you know. I think the magic of that routine is that it really felt like Charity was showing us who she is. Yeah, for the first time. Yeah, for the first time, yeah. But, yeah. you know, I, she she doesn't do it for me. I know we've talked about this before. She does not do it for me. No, and she's a great dancer. Don't get me wrong. But no, she's, like, technically flawless, but, right. like, yeah, she's, like, technically flawless for the most part. But, like, she's not that showmanship like that's the thing that i loved about sochi always is that like and this probably part of it stems from sochi being an actress is that like sochi was just animated when she needed to be animated like she just fit every time she stepped on that dance floor she fit the character of her dance so perfectly Mm -hmm. and that was not charity no and she she had cheerleader face right she was just kind of dead in the face when she danced and it just was kind of Okay. It was fine, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, technically it was great. Her lines were beautiful, but like, yeah. And so like said, her, her, her freestyle to me was just like, it was amazing what she did, but like in terms of freestyles, it did not hit. And I felt like where she landed in terms of fourth was like accurate. Yeah, definitely accurate. Um, And I mean, touching on Allison quickly, um, she did end up fifth, which is where we all thought she would. And I think given where she finished, I'm really happy that she was able to have that finals experience. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think she ended up fifth and that was where she, that was her place. She she was meant to be in fifth. And like you said, I thought it, it worked in the way that it worked. I was, you had said at one point, you were like, hot take, I'm not going to be mad if she wins. And I was like, I will be mad if she wins. Brianna's and... just throwing me under the bus right now. Damn. Yeah, but like, I, I, it, once you said that, I was like, honestly, a little nervous. Cause I was like, fuck, what if somehow there's like some secret fan base out there that's like cooling in all the votes for her. And I was like really nervous. Cause I was like, we're going to end up with another Bobby Bones situation. And I'm going to hate it here. It's the but, Swifties, so, like, man. But I think she ended up where she deserved. She had a great, I mean, for her, she went out on top, and 
I yeah, she had an amazing experience. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy for her for sure. I think the only surprise in the final rankings was Ariana in third and Jason in second. I, I think though, I I was a little surprised by that, but honestly, once I think about it, I think Jason's like surge back to the top these last couple of weeks has. Like, I think he just hit that momentum at the right time. And he was fucking unreal last night. He was. And towards the end of the season, he was taking big swings. Well, that's what I'm saying. Because like, he fell. And then once he, like, started his, like, descent back up and he, like, really hit these last couple weeks, three weeks, last three weeks. Um, Yeah, it was just, I think he just hit the momentum at the right time. Um, For sure. He was nailing it when he needed to be nailing it. And it showed. His freestyle was so good. Danielle is just fucking insane. She's the queen of freestyles. She's like a choreography queen, period. Like, yeah. And I, I let's put it this way: like, she came, they came in second, but like, she's gonna, she's gonna win another mirror ball for sure. Oh yeah, at least another one. At least wasn't she? Se- wasn't she also second, like last season or the season before that? No, her first her first season. Her first season with Nelly, she came in second. Then she went with him on. And then she was eliminated pretty early with Joseph um Baena. I want to say maybe in week five or week six, like pretty early for her. Mm-hmm. And then this season. So Yeah, his freestyle was so good. So so yeah, good. Very good. She's just Uh-oh. insane. We will also take this moment to officially proclaim that both of us have girl crushes on Britt Stewart. I mean, always, but, like, love her. I mean, I pretty much, like, I have a girl crush on, like, everyone on that show. Every pretty girl much. on that show. I yeah, mean, I'm, I, like, I, Emma, yeah. Daniela, I mean, Riley. Like, I mean, like, all of them. I definitely have a girl crush on Daniela. I mean, duh. Yes. Duh. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much all the female pros. All of them. Yeah. I just remember at that, the, the Dancing with the Stars show that we were at in February in Raleigh, um, Ashley and I were in line for concessions or something. And the woman behind the woman in front of us turned around and she was just like, Brit is so hot. And we were both just like, I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 She's insane. We'll just girl crush on all of them. Yeah. So uh, the other cool news that came out of, well, not Dan- not the Dancing with Stars finale, but like in general on Tuesday night was that Max Tremarikovsky is going to be a judge on the latest season of So You Think You Can Dance. Mm-hmm. At which point I then proceeded to send Bryna no less than about 21 or 22 of my all-time favorite So You Think You Can Answer teens. Yeah, I've never seen it. I mean, like, I know what it is. And, like, obviously, like, a lot of the current Dancing with Stars pros have come out of So You Can Think You Can Dance. So, like, I know So You Think You Can Dance, but, like, I've never, like, been like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch So You Think You Can Dance. Like, that's not a thing. You're missing out because the dancing is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I know quite literally like 20 routines. And then the charity did her second dance at one point, And Bryna was like, should I like, was that deserving of the scores? And I'm like, girl, I don't know. I was copying and pasting links from YouTube. Yeah, I don't even remember. What, yeah. And you were like, I need to go back and watch that. Hold on a second. Yeah. Have you watched any yet? Uh, no, I'll be honest. No, I've been at work all by myself this week. So I have not had a chance to. Please report back with your opinions on all. Because it probably won't be until this weekend. So that's fine. It will happen, but it's probably not going to be till this weekend. The so only if- like one YouTube video I got to rewatch today was I mean, I rewatched some of the finale from last night. So I was like, I kind of got to watch again. 
Um, so I rewatched some of the routines for the finale, but that's all I got to do. So. So if you're out there and you watch So You Think You Can Dance, please send us some of your favorite routines because my memory only spans so many years, right? I might have missed some things. But yeah, it's so good. And I sent you that routine with baby Jenna, right? Little bitty baby Jenna. Yeah, you sent me a bunch. I I, want, I mean, I know you sent me other ones. Like, I know you sent me some with, like, Lacey and Chelsea and, like, I mean, like, people that, like, I recognize. Like I said, I, like, recognize a lot of those because, like, I know, you know. A lot of Dave Massage people came from So You Think You Can Dance. So Oh, Whitney came from So You Think You Can Dance too. I gotta read Yeah, I gotta so did Lindsay that. and Alan and Wait, Alan came from So You Think You Can Dance? Mm-hmm. That must have been a season I missed. Hang on. Yeah. Um, Lindsay's sister Jensen won very recently, one of a more recent season. Um yeah. Lots of Dancy Massage people came from So You Think You Can Dance. It's such a good show so look how baby he is oh my goodness yeah 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 yeah. he's so baby and even nobby i mean like i said i just i i know a lot of people who've come from say thinking dance i've just never been like oh yeah i'm gonna watch a whole season to say thinking dance but like max allison okay yeah you don't have to like tell me much more i'm like okay no, and Allison's season's really good too. I gotta send you some of her videos. Yeah. So but I'm so excited for you to like come to the dark side and be introduced. So when else I'm gonna be like in a severe dance with stars depression. Cause like I'm just I'm already like slowly feeling it. I was like rewatching all the stuff from last night. I'm like, but 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 I miss them. Yeah, already. we're definitely headed to that territory because now we don't get them back until like the new year at some point. Well, yeah, September. Fuck, we gotta wait a whole year? They don't do two seasons anymore. They haven't Damn since Bobby it. won. Bobby Bones literally broke the system. He, they haven't done a new season since he won. Or spring season since he won. I don't want to wait for they like with ex- the stars like it's football. Yeah. And especially, like, should we talk about the rumors about what next season may hold? Yeah, absolutely. Because we, we've been talking. We, we did this around last week. Well, so, Yeah. So last night they did the Christmas dance, which I was so glad they did another Christmas dance because that used to be one of my favorite things was when they did the all male Christmas pro dance every year. And I like miss that. So that was really fun. But like they ran, it's still a little random to me. I still don't really understand why. So they had like Alfonso and Julianne perform, which I just, they were such great hosts this year. And I just, I love them. Um, They were great. And so they brought back like Whitney performed with Alfonso. And then Helio performed with Julianne, and that was great. And then randomly, they were like, you know, throwing a few more oldies. And so they brought back Hannah Brown to do with Alan, and then Rashad Jennings to do with Emma. So, like, that was great. And so once those, it kind of started to come out that we're like, oh, they're all going to be on the show tonight. Then there was a rumor going around that next season is supposedly going to be an all-star season. Which, like, please, please, please please like but like please we need it i want one so bad but also if james vanderbeek is not on that list i want no part of it i james vanderbeek had better be in that lineup i it's you know i i i don't even know who they would pick anymore like obviously i feel like it has to be since the last all-star season like i don't feel like they should go back to like you know the early seasons 
Me neither. And I like I you feel are, like... they already had their chance. They already did all star seasons from like one to fourteen. So like now you got to do sixteen to thirty two. I think it. I don't think they should include any champs though. I want people who they're all. I mean, I that's not going to happen. I don't want any champs. I want I want first timers because I feel like I want Allie Raisman back in the mix there. I want her to get her redemption because in the gymnastics world, her coming in fourth place was way too common. But I want Allie. I want James Vanderbeek. Zendaya wouldn't do it, but it would be so cool if she did. Oh, she's like, yeah, Zendaya would be up there for me for sure, but she's never going to do it. So, like, we lost Jason. I would watch Jason and James Vanderbeek duke it out in an all-star season. They're never going to not do champions, though. So, there's going to throw in some champions. Like, I would... Rashad Jennings has to come back. And if he's not a part of it, then I will like riot because literally after he won, he was on the show every season in some capacity for like four seasons straight. They like found a way to bring him back like all the time, which I loved. Um, And he and Emma were even talking about it in her live last night on Instagram. I caught that. So like I, that's going to for sure happen. Um, my, if I can't have Zendaya back for like person who should have won and like didn't win, then mine would be Riker Lynch from season 20. That's my like other. Riker's a popular pick that I've been seeing on, on the internet about an all-star season. Yeah, because he was robbed. Mm -hmm. Like really bad. And I love Val, but like Val should not have won. Was, oh, that was the rumor well this season? Yes. Okay. Like, I'm glad he got, he has three mirror balls now, but like his first one should not have happened. And a lot of people agree. I thought for a long time that it was just like a very small minority because like I've always loved Riker Lynch even since before he was on Dance with Stars. But no, it's a very popular opinion that he was robbed. Okay, wait. I know you said I know you said only people like since that one All Star season. But like, can we make a can we make an exception for Sabrina Bryan? She was already on All Star season. She's not. Was she on the All Star season? Yeah, and then she got eliminated early again. It's 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 been a long time. She was, yeah, she was early and she was paired with Louie because Mark, they did Mark dirty in the All-Star season and he had like, it was Sean, Sabrina and Bristol Palin were his like partners that had come back and they gave him Bristol. My guess is because that was the only reason she was going to come back and yeah, they did him dirty in the All-Star season. And then, but Sabrina still got eliminated like, I want to say like week five, like very early and she was killing it and yeah. That's bullshit. Although, if I had to choose a champ to come back, I would like to see Niall. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, there's just so many people. Like, I would love if I had to pick another champ too, besides Rashad. Like, I mean, Jordan Fisher was fucking unreal, but like, he's off being like an Orpheus and yeah. slaying on Broadway. I love that man. Oh my God. Yeah. So, like, I mean, there's so many people. And like, would Amon come back? Like, I would love, you know, like, Amon and Daniela would kill. Like, I mean, there's so many people. Like, I I did an all-star list, dream list, or talk nerdy. I want to say it was, like, five years ago at this point, maybe even six. But, like, that's so outdated at this point. Like, I need to do another one. I need to, yeah, like, you really sit. It. I really need to sit down and be like, okay, let me go through every season and, like, pick people. And then, like, yeah. So. Yeah. And then it's like, because like some celebrities, you know, or some pros have like, you know, usually get more than one. Like, you know, you could have like three of Emma's, but then it's like the pro matching because like not all the pros are still on the show anymore and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, it's like a whole thing. thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
but I would love that. Yeah, I gotta, we should go through, like, we should go through and compile our dream all-star lists. Should we do it for a bonus episode? Fuck yeah. Because, like, I'm gonna do it, like, I'm gonna, like, get off of this and be like, let me start the research. Yeah, yeah. Or we can just, like, take the pool of contestants and then we can do, like, an all-star season oh, draft. draft. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be fun, but I I have to work some Excel magic and like get some names and names in proper places and yeah, you still have to do your research, but like and you'd say like okay, we're picking twelve, and like yeah, that would be so funny though, and like you'd have to pair them with pros, so you'd have to pick the pros, assuming that like nobody you know you'd have to pick like the pros to go with them. Ashley should join us for that one. That would be really fun. That would be fun. We're talking about Ashley from Telltale TV. We love her so much. That would be really fun. That would be fun. Why is it got to be a bonus episode? Let's just do it over a hiatus. We don't have much hiatus left. No, but you, you know that's what I'm saying. No, I like, know. Yeah, we, yeah, but we, I don't know when we'll, we'll get hiatus in the summer. At this point, that's like what I'm feeling. Welcome to meet us at the ballroom. Uh, yeah, but. our Dancing with the Stars spinoff podcast. Also, last thing, and then we can move on from Dancing with the Stars. The news about Ariana going on Broadway. Yeah, uh, I tried to find a clip of her singing somewhere and I couldn't. So, like, I guess she could sing if she ended up on Broadway, but like, I guess so. But I, this does officially make her winner of the breakup between her and Tom. Oh yeah, she's gone. Winner. Yeah, she won week one. She already oh, she definitely won. Did. She already won. I don't even watch Vanderpump Rules, and I can tell you, I, me won. either, me either. And like, he was on Special Forces, and then I'm pretty sure he dropped at the end, and because he couldn't make the last like thing, 24 hour thing, whatever they did. So, okay, but a good bonus episode would be watching one of Harry's episodes of Too Hot to Handle. I don't know if I can even watch it. I, I know I, I'm. I'm so curious, but also I'm like, oh, this might change my opinion of him, and I might be like, get right, your hands and I'm off like, Riley. Right now, he's in my like, he's a precious little bean, and he like, is. like the fact that he was like crying at Allison's dance because he was just so proud of her, and then like I saw on the internet or in like Riley's TikTok or whatever that like she gave him like a really nice gift, um, you know, to like say thank you because he gave her a very nice gift. And he was like crying in the trailer when she was like reading. Like, I, he just seems like very emotional. And I'm like, I can't watch Too Hot to Handle and like ruin that image of like who Harry is to me. Like, I can't. I'm going to have to do it on like a weekend night when I'm up at like two in the morning and I'm just like, I can't, I can't sleep. I don't know. I just, because I've watched the show before and it's really addicting in terms of like trash TV. Oh, I've never watched it. So. I've seen a couple episodes. I might have even seen Harry's season and not even realized it. Uh, but it's good trash TV. So well, I'm sure if, if you can't imagine. It's in Harry season, the first season. I don't know. No, I'm like, is uh, let's see if I can find out. I feel like it was. Yes, Harry was the first season. Then maybe so. I did see his season and not even realize it. Probably. I'm, I'm intrigued but i don't like it's gonna change my opinion of him and i'm just gonna be like you're trash i don't know yeah i yeah i i don't know if i can watch it and i'm like you know what i'm okay with that yeah yeah 
So yeah, that's our that's our Dancing with the Stars. That's our last Dancing with the Stars update. That makes me sad. I'm so sad. Oh, I just love them. I love them too. I said I really more than ever. I really needed the joy that is Dancing with the Stars this season, and it did not disappoint. Like I think season 32 is going to be one of my favorite seasons of all time. It was. I really fan- did. It was a fantastic season, and I really did not think it was going to be that great, but it was. Can we please go see the tour when it goes to Durham? Yeah, although I'm a little annoyed that it's charity, but yeah. But it's Julianne. It's a Julianne date, too. Yeah, if you go at night. We can go at night. It's a weekend, isn't it? Yes, but no, but yeah, I'm a little annoyed because I'm like, we were like two days from Harry and I'm like, and then like, I'm like, but Sochi, but Where's I can't Harry date? Harry's is like two days later, but Where? not and not close by. Damn, we'll still have fun. No, I know. I mean, it'll be amazing. I mean, even if there was only Julianne, it would be amazing. But we had a blast when we was. Did we go on twenty two or did we go this year? Twenty two. Twenty two. Time blurs together. Okay. Yeah. No, I know. I've been. That would be my fourth tour if we go in the winter, and it's all. They're always so good. Say the word, and I'm there. I will just magically so materialize in North Carolina with a glass it, of wine and be like, let's go. It's always so good. It is fun. Yeah. And Artem. Because I have I looked at the things. Because, you know, they were like, oh, well, you know, once they announced celebrities, they were like, oh, and Artem and Jenna and Val. Like, basically, like, when Charity's on, Artem's going to be there. When Sochi's there, then Jenna and Val are going to be there. And then Riley was always going to be there. So, yeah. I'm in. Which is cool. So. And I'm glad Sochi's doing more than one. Like, I thought for sure I was texting Ashley Araby and I was like, I bet you Sochi's only going to do, like, you know, couple. Di- like, usually a lot of times it's, like, the New York shows or, like, you know, mm-hmm. the L.A. shows. And I was glad she's doing, like, almost a month. So, um, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah. That's cool. Maybe I can make Brit and proclaim my girl crush on her. Uh, Yeah. Just be like, you're so gorgeous. You and Daniel are the cutest couple to walk the earth. Yeah, he was there yesterday, too. Of course he was. I saw, it wasn't with Brit, but I saw a photo of him. It was Coco and him and somebody else. I don't remember, but. Oh, my God. That's, like, speaking, okay, not, like, speaking of, but, like, I might just add Dancing with the Stars stuff to my wish list that we do the week before premieres. Can Coco please get a good partner next year? Yeah. Yeah. She was literally on the show for about five minutes this year. Yeah. Yeah. If that. Yeah, for two seconds. That's 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 my Dancing with the Stars wish list, is give Coco a good partner and also let Brit get really far in the competition because, as previously stated, I have a girl. And give Riley her. a good partner? Yes, I love Riley. Protect her at all costs is my other wish list item. And give not let give Pasha another good partner. <laughs> like, don't let him just like fall back into being the default terrible partner person. I feel like that's like newbie hazing. They gotta like haze the new pros and give them somebody like eh, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes. Well, I mean, Daniela went to like the finale in her first year, but also, can we can we see Ezra as a pro? I would like that. I feel like he's going to be, they've used him so much. I feel like the first time there's like an opening for a male pro, it's going to be his. Depends on who's next in the DWTS baby boom. 
Yeah. But I mean, at some point, they're not going to do like nine males and only like four girls. Like they, they try to keep it pretty. They may do like seven and six, but they try to keep it pretty even. Even. So yeah. I feel like the first guy that can't do it, though, I feel like then it'll be Ezra's. So I feel like so they're setting up for that. That has been your Dancing with the Stars update. I am very happy with the end of that season. Very happy. I mean, I'm not happy it's over, but I'm happy with how it ended. I'm happy with how it ended, and I'm very happy that we got to do these little recaps because it was fun. It was fun. We needed it. It was kind of the show that kept us afloat through the whole strike. Yeah. Yeah. Single-handedly. But actually, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's it on the news. Um, you guys know the drill. If you see such, if you see stuff, just send it to us. I was getting ahead of myself there, but yeah, we can move right into these episodes. You ready? Let's do it. Okay. So good batch of episodes this week. I was pleasantly surprised, and I forgot how many absolutely like iconic things went down. Yeah, I feel like the more once I like start watching these episodes, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that storyline. I could not have told you it was episode one ten, but definitely remember that there so. were even some little things like in, on p or not pd um on fire no no it was pd um there was like a moment during pd where i was like is this the one where the guy like jumps out the window and i was like oh yeah it is like yeah i remember that and like once we started watching the ethan storyline i was like oh yeah i remember this one could not have told you this is what it was but like i definitely yeah for sure yeah yeah so Start with Med, just like always. Uh, Ethan got the first scene here, so of course we're going to start off with him. And not only did he get the first scene, but we kind of barged in on him on the shower, didn't we? Uh, Yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah. That's a, yeah, so Ethan's just vibing, showering, and, you know, not that it looks bad or anything. Not a bad sight to look at. It's not. No. It's, it's really you know. not. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're just kind of enjoying the view. Can we put it that way? <laughs> yeah. Um, and Vicky comes in and she kind of startles him a little bit, which like understand, understandable, right? Like you're in the shower, you're in your own little hot space and then you get interrupted. Yeah. Understandable. But his brain is kind of somewhere else. Vicky's just like, you ready for the recruiting event? And Ethan's like, I'm just kind of ready for the day. Like what? Okay. Whatever. So Ethan's patient is a teenage hockey player who took a bad hit. And yeah, it was pretty bad. So the dad is like this former hockey pro. He's, you know, he was one of the greats, but he keeps minimizing things. He's like, you shouldn't even be here. It was just barely a hit to the head. Like, it's fine. Don't even worry. But as Ethan's watching him, he, the dad starts to kind of exhibit symptoms of his own. Like there's a moment where they're talking and the dad has a little bit of aphasia. Like he can't find the words that he wants to see or he, the words he wants to say. And then like his hand tremors at one point. And so he tags in Dr. Charles because he's like, look, I think this is CTE, but I want to rule out other stuff first. So, so far, so good, right? We're running smoothly. We're collaborating. We're listening. We're not arguing. Everything's good. <laughs> But there's a little bit of a dull meaning here, and let's let Dr. Charles explain. CT sounds right. You hit and have that many times, it's bound to catch up with you. Yeah. Pass always does. Listen, sorry about the other day. We got slammed. I get it. ED never sleeps. But if you keep skipping our sessions, buddy, I'm afraid you won't either. Past always catches up to you. Yep. Leave it to Dr. Charles to, like, do his job and be super poetic about it, too. 
Right. He's doing his job. He's helping Ethan at the same time. He's like, it, he's just doing everything. There's nothing Dr. Charles can't do. I know. Okay. He can get like five things done at once. <laughs> but actually, though, like, if Dr. Charles wanted to run for president, I would vote for him. Same. <laughs> Dr. Charles Goodwin 2024. Oh my god, that's the best ticket ever! Or Goodwin Charles. Who would be the president? Who would be the vice president? Goodwin for sure. She calls the shots. That's what I'm saying. Goodwin Goodwin Charles 2024. Imagine Goodwin on the State of the Union being like, America, you have been a monumental pain Pain in in my my ass. ass. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It would be so good. That would be so good. And then like Maggie would of course have a cabinet position. Merch can take the entire Chicago Med staff to dc chicago men but make it west wing yeah oh lord <laughs> i think maggie would definitely be the leo in that situation yes 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 god i haven't watched west wing in a minute i need to do that with what time well it's it's time it's time to rewatch that the the christmas episode from like the second or third season the one oh, with I, didn't get, I have no time for that I got yeah. all these Hallmark movies to watch. I got eventually I have to watch the Christmaca OC episodes because that's the ones I always rewatch. Oh, that's a good one. I, I yeah, that's one I need to rewatch. Well, I watched all four of them because it's Hanukkah, Christmas, obviously. I have to watch them. So yeah. But I got all these Hallmark movies to watch. I ain't got time. They've been good this year. I'm not gonna lie. I've still only gotten through like one and a half, so I got a lot of work to do. So speaking of, I made I made the connection while rewatching Med, but the dad in this episode is played by Lachlan Monroe. He's a familiar face. He's one of those actors who's in literally everything, and he's in one of the new ones that I just watched a couple days ago. Really? Yeah, it wasn't good though. It was called Navigating Christmas. Um, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. The acting was really bad. The guy was super dreamy. Um, and the girl, it was uh, the the female lead was played by Chelsea Hobbs. And in the gymnastics world, she's popular because she played Emily on Make It or Break It, which was mm-hmm, like, the, mm-hmm. the horrible gymnastics show we got. Um, yeah, no, I've, well, I haven't watched it in a while, but I have seen oh, So you're familiar with how Emily got pregnant and they just ditched her? I don't, I, I think I watched a little bit of it. I've always said, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back and rewatch it. And then I've never watched it. We should do that as a bonus episode. Well, is it, wasn't be... Nico Tortorella on that show? Was Nico on that show? I'm pretty sure he was. Um, Daniel Bowman was on that show, who then went on to Revenge and married Emily Van Camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure Nico was on that show. Now I'm looking it up just to double check myself. But I'm pretty sure he was. Oh, my God. If he played a male gymnast, I'm YouTubing this immediately um he was razor shut up nico was not on make it or break it yeah he was razor i don't remember who razor is but that show was terrible so like emily's colleague at the pizza shack and serves the lead singer of the band that is amazing oh yeah because since emily was from like the wrong side of the tracks air quotes she had to take a job while she was training full-time as an elite gymnast, which is totally well, realistic. He was away on tour as a roadie. He asked 
Damon, whoever Damon is, to fill in for him at the pizza shack and keep an eye on Emily. Upon his return, Razor is surprised to learn about Emily and Damon's romantic involvement, but he continues to be a supportive friend to them both. That's what Wikipedia says. Wait, I think I found it. Shut up. This doesn't even look like Nico. Well, yeah, it was 20 bajillion years ago. 14 years ago. Is he singing? fuck i will always see nico as his character on younger i that yeah i know same that was that was a fun little detour but yes i'm so ready to like have that episode i'm ready to talk about like all the movies we've just been like shotgunning yeah well i yeah i gotta finish watching them first okay i'm so bummed you didn't like catch me a few claws but i guess we gotta save that yeah we'll save it we'll save it for a couple weeks from now yeah wait the the uh robbie amell one was that because he did one this year right is it on amazon it's amazon it's amazon i haven't watched that yet either who does he start with is it leighton meester i was gonna say leighton meester okay i gotta i gotta watch that one sorry detour (laughs) we get distracted you know how it is okay anyway so dr charles talks to the dad and at one point he tells the dad he's like oh i only played one season of junior league hockey and then later on the conversation says that he never played hockey but it's kind of tricky right it's almost like he kind of baited him into showing short-term memory loss like how many times do you meet someone new and you just are like "Uh mm -hmm, mm uh-huh and like not soaking in the details of the conversation yeah well i mean but that's also what dr charles does right it's like that's why he's partly so good at his job is like he's not manipulating but he's doing what he can to get what he needs so, like, I think that's just what Dr. Charles does. Like, he was able to get what he needed out of that conversation by, like, like you said, he's like, oh, yeah, I played junior league hockey. And then he's like, no, I didn't play. You know, it's like. So I feel like he just did what he needed to do. I feel like that could have happened to any of us, though. Yeah. And now I'm, like, outing myself as someone who doesn't pay full attention when I meet someone new. And that's not true at all. But, yeah. So dr charles just kind of agrees he's like okay look you can only confirm cte after death but i think you're on the right track Mm -hmm. so somehow in that mix we go from you know everything working fine and smooth and we're on the way to a diagnosis we go from there to ethan completing like completely just judging the dad for what he's doing i mean no to me to be tbh i was also kind of slightly judging the dad too but well yeah yeah, but I mean, things were going so smoothly. And let's be real, though, in, th- in this entire episode as a whole, everybody kind of sucks. Yeah, but, but I think the yeah. thing is, too, and like not to, go, I mean, you know, Ethan, I think the problem is, is that Ethan has to, as the son's doctor, like still try to remain like impartial. I do not as the viewer, so I can say this because the thing is, is like the more the serious or the more potential it was for the son's condition to be serious like as the episode went on like the dad was like no 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 it's fine like he's going back and it'll be fine it'll be fine and i was like dude like this is your son like the wife is over sitting here being like what the fuck like he like the only one actually kind of concerned for their son's well-being and the dad's all like hockey 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 he's got a scholarship like yeah that's great but like it's not gonna be great if your son's dead it was pretty alarming how dismissive he was of the wife. So dismissive. And, like, he was almost, like, I mean, even from the moment the son got wheeled in, like, if the son, I don't remember who brought, you know, how the son ended up getting there, but, like, it was definitely not the dad's idea to bring him to the hospital. No. 
it's probably the medic, you know, the athletic trainer, but like, that's what I'm saying. So like, I was also team Ethan in this one moment because I was also judging the dad pretty hard. Well, but it wasn't even that he was, it wasn't, it wasn't about like his course of treatment or anything. The reason Ethan was judging the dad is because the dad hasn't told the son about his CTE. Yeah. And so, it, it, you know, it gets ugly pretty quick. But I think they go, the two go hand in hand. I think Ethan's mad or judging or whatever, the dad for not telling his son about CTE, especially because when he sees right now how serious his son's condition could potentially be, and his dad is just dismissing it, it's like, well, what the fuck? Like, you're going to let your son go down the same path that you are probably going down right now, but like... So, like, you can't do anything about what you didn't do when you were young, because at this point, your brain is what it is. Like, you can't go back and fix it, but, like, you can stop your sons from getting ten times worse. Yeah. And it's probably just what was normalized for him that he normalized for his own family. Well, yeah, and I mean, back then... Even, you know, when this episode of Med aired, I feel like CTE was not, it was just kind of slowly starting to become like way more of the norm and, you know, be more talked about. And obviously now, especially in football, it's, you know, a huge deal. But um, I feel like even back then in like 2015, it was just kind of starting to become more talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Slowly. So it gets a little physical between the dad and Ethan. Dr. Charles comes in and is like the dad who's like, break it up. Stop it right now. Yeah. And he talks to Ethan. He's keeping it from Brett. And so you thought threatening it would make it more forthcoming? That's my conversation anyway. Why don't you page me? Wouldn't have helped. Guy's in total denial. Oh, he is. Huh. <sighs> this is why you go to therapy and why you stick with it. Is there a chance that Ethan could have been foreshadowing just a little bit about his own dad? I mean, now that we know all this stuff, I mean, maybe, but like, I don't know. Let's put it this way. If you hadn't put that in the outline, if you hadn't put that in the outline, I don't know if I would have really thought about it. I only really thought about it because you put it in the outline. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I I thought that would have been cool if they had planted that seed that early, but there's no way that they just there's kind of no like, way yeah. they planted that seed. But like, it makes sense once you like once you said it. Once I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I kind of see that. But like, they they did not plant that seed that early. Would have been yeah. nice, but I don't think they planted the seed that early. So Sarah zeroes in on the diagnosis, and it's a pretty rare condition. Uh, but basically, what it is is that like he's got some sort of issue where these like clusters of veins form basically he's really susceptible to bleeding is the gist of it and if he keeps playing hockey he could one day take a hit that could kill him right so, the way it is is like it's pretty manageable but like the fact that if he keeps going for kids and doing things unexpected to his body then like yeah yeah so they tell him that they're like look we recommend that you don't keep on with hockey and of course that's like you know earth shattering to the whole family well we find out at the end because this kid is you know kind of big on social media sarah finds one of his tweets and is like okay well he's gonna keep playing which then pushes her into picking pathology because there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a side thing here where it's time for her to pick her specialty and she's torn between the ed and pathology and so that kind of pushes her towards pathology and 
you know, her explanation makes sense. You know, she, she worked really hard to find that diagnosis. And at the end of the day, it feels like it was for nothing. Well, not even just finding the diagnosis. It was more about like, you spend so much time trying to connect with the patients and, you know, relate to them and like make them feel comfortable. But at the end of the day, like you do all that work and then they just say kind of fuck you. And some do, you know, not all of them do, but some do They're just kind of say like, fuck you. And like, I don't really care. And like, yeah, okay. And like, you know, for her, that's really hard. And so that's why she always wanted to do pathology in the first place. Cause there is no emotional connection. And then she started liking the emotional connection. And now she's like, no, 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 I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so which Maggie and April are like shocked about. Yeah, and they're so sweet with her, too, how she's like, I don't know, the ED's kind of growing on me. And they're like, you're not the first one we've turned. They're like, yeah. so proud. And then when she goes to tell them and she's, they were like, yeah, we turned you. And then she's like, no. <laughs> and they're like, really bummed. They were so sweet with her. Yeah. But, yeah. So Ethan and Vicky end up going to the recruiting event. And Ethan basically is completely transparent. He's like, so here's the deal, Vicky. Like, I've been seeing Dr. Charles. I've been going through therapy. And Vicky's like, you don't have to explain it to me. It's like, You've got to do what you've got to do. And I understand and I'm supportive. Yeah. And that is that. Yep. So that is Ethan. Then we move on to my favorite little troublemaker, Will. Take it away. Yeah. So the episode starts out. And as a follow-up to last week, Will is still in very, very big trouble. You're not hearing me, Dr. Halstead. With the hospital being sued. I'm under a microscope. I get it. Doesn't make it fair. You ignored your patient's wishes and put the hospital in jeopardy. It's absolutely fair. And now you have to deal with the consequences. You're in for interrogatories, depositions, mediation, and then possibly a civil trial. And that doesn't even include what you may have to go through with the state medical board. Yeah. Okay. Every move you make will be scrutinized by Jennifer Baker's attorneys. Stick to the script. Don't give them any more ammo. Until the lawsuit is settled, you are the perfect doctor. Are we clear? Because your future at this hospital depends on it. Good one just reams his ass out. Like reams his really? ass. Really? Did, did like she laid out all of the consequences and did he really just look at her and say yeah okay yes he did Are yes you he did fucking kidding me i was really so like i mean obviously it's a tv show so we know why this things happen but like i was thinking about it, if this had really happened in like a real life circumstance like will's pretty new with the hospital i feel like this would have been one of those like last in first out situations i feel like he would not have lasted by past this i the, even if the- he even if he was like clear to the wrongdoing and like you know they settled and like everything was fine i feel like this would have been a last in first out like i feel like this was such a big fuck up that like only because it wasn't a television show that this person get lucky the more time that goes by from this episode the worse this is he should have been fired on the spot yeah that's what i'm saying he really should have it's so bad it's so so bad like and just the, given the way he responds to this, I'm like, my God, like, Will, you should have been your own season of Dr. Death. Like, and I'm saying that about Will. Yeah, it's really bad. Like, I, like we said before, we've never really gone back and, like, watched the DNR episodes, or I haven't in, like, years. And, yeah, it's really bad. Like, it's really bad. 
I cannot believe like how just casually he was like, okay, like whatever, Goodwin. She should have smacked him. Yeah. And she fired him. She should have smacked him and then fired him. Yes, in that order, yes. In that order. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah. She basically is just like, keep your head down, don't do anything fucking stupid, and yeah. That's yeah, she's like, at right now. <laughs> you have to be the perfect doctor. You know who you're saying that to, right? Yeah. 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 So, we're back in the ED now, and Zoe is back. Diddy. And, of course... They had their little date thing, whatever, hangout, whatever we want to call it after, you know, at the end of last week's episode. And so they're talking about like, yeah, they had a fun time. And she's like, oh, yeah, I guess you converted me. Like, I'm now a whiskey girl. And Will says this line and he's like, cleanses the soul or at least the memory, which like, obviously we know it's a like he's talking to her, but also like a reference to like the fact that he's trying to forget all the fucked up shit he just did. You wouldn't, like, yeah, he he made his bed, and he's over here like, oh, just cleanses the memory. You wouldn't have to cleanse your memory if you didn't ignore the damn DNR to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then they basically agree. They're like, okay, like, let's do it again. And so Will's like, yeah, okay, after shift. And she's like, yeah, cool. I like your Zoe voice. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. (laughs) So Will gets his patient. His patient is diabetic, has congestive heart failure, has like a lot going on. And then Nat comes in and Nat appears to know him. They don't really ever say why, but I assume it's just because like he seems to be a more frequent flyer and that like she's probably worked on him. Because I feel Mm -hmm. like if it was anything more than that, they would have said that, that they were like, oh, we're friends from high school or like, you know, so I feel like it's just more like she knows him from like coming to the ED so much. Probably. Yeah, because I feel like any other reason they would have said, hey, this is how we know each other. Anyway, so Nat's like, can I sit in? And I was like, you don't even have to ask. Like, there's something, you know, basically like that. So Will decides to order an angiogram for the guy's leg. And then it ends up leading to a fight between him and Natalie because Natalie thinks he's, like, overreacting for everything, every test that he ordered. And, like, might be i mean i'm not a doctor so like whether that was the right situation to order an angiogram i don't really know but like i understand why will did it because at this point will fucked up so bad last week he can't afford to not cover all of his bases yeah he's being over cautious i just i don't understand I don't, feel, how... I don't i don't feel like why natalie was in this particular moment i don't see why natalie was so upset that he ordered an angiogram like right, what's it better either. to be too cautious than like not cautious enough exactly i they were like she was bitching at him and i was like i'm sorry how did we get here yeah i in this one instance this part of the episode i was like yeah i am on team will in this moment yeah just like those two had a superpower unfortunately not a good one but like their ability to argue about literally anything and everything yeah was like their one like special distinguishing quality and then they just argued for the next six seasons until Natalie <laughs> left making arguments and holding grudges yeah yeah for six seasons until Natalie left but actually though yeah yeah even when they were good friends and on good really good terms even when they were dating engaged still mm-hmm. still so, yeah, basically it ends up with Will being like, I'm not dismissing you now, but, like, I did the intake. It's my call. Yeah, because it is his patient. Like, yeah, Natalie asked to sit in, but, like, that doesn't mean it's her patient. 
Yeah, I, I took sit in as like, can I shadow you? I didn't take this as like, now we're splitting. Or the like, case I know this person to like, and I care about this person. Like, let me just kind of hang out. Right. Yeah. So then this is where it also kind of gets, I'm still on team Will up until this point. So April's like, oh, the blood port comes back and like hands it to Natalie. I'm like, what is the fiction? Right. So like, Natalie's like, okay. You know, I don't remember exactly, but she basically gives her own set of orders of, like, things to do. And again, I thought it was just Will's patient. I didn't realize this was also Natalie's patient. But anyway. And she even makes a comment. She's like, oh, put, you know, because she, she specifically asked about, like, the test that Will's order. And April's like, oh, they come back negative. And she's like, oh, put Tim through all that stress for nothing. And even April's face is like, I'm not making a comment. We're not <laughs> going there. I'm not touching that. Nope. So. I'm not doing it. Then things take a turn, and not only does Tim crash, he dies. And Will is doing, like, everything in his power to save him, and he just, it, it, he can't. He was already dead. And then Will finds out that Natalie ordered vitamin K. His clotting was slow. It's standard protocol, and I think you mean our patients? Your protocol may have caused a pulmonary embolism. You have no grounds to say that. Any number of things could have happened. He has been battling his vasculopathy for years. Oh, so now he was a ticking time bomb. That's not what I said. And if you had listened, you'd know that. I heard you loud and clear. You thought nothing was wrong. And where is Tim now? He was stable when I left him. You better think about what you're saying right now. Nat, that vitamin K made him throw a clot. You don't know that. If you hadn't interfered, he'd still be here. No, this is not about me. This is about you and the mess that you made when you resuscitated Jennifer Baker against her DNR. Well, blaming me for this is not gonna make that right. I'm glad she called him on his bullshit. However, they needed to communicate. Yeah. I, like I said, I will say going, I, there's a couple points here. One, I think Will was right to like question why she was able, like not her authority, but like, again, was it actually Natalie's patient or was Natalie just like sitting in because it was her friend or right. you know, someone she knew? So, like, I do think Will was right to be like, why, you know, why did you do that? Like, what was like, it's not your patient, like, you know, whatever. All those, she's like, it's our patient. It's like, whatever. Uh, two, like you said, an outline blaming William, blaming everyone but himself, not a good look. Not a good look. But giving uh, him the benefit of the doubt, it's probably something he doesn't even realize he's doing. Right. He's so in his head about everything. And yeah, he's so on the, like, Natalie... If, you know, if Natalie hadn't given him vitamin K, then, like, he would still be alive. Like, that's where he's at right now. I think um, one place in one Chicago, aside from the silos that I would never want to be at, is inside Will Halstead's head. Probably. It's a very chaotic, messy place. Um, But I do agree with you, too, that, like, Natalie also needed to call him out, too. Yeah. But I, I feel like, I feel like her message was only, it was kind of lost on him. Yeah, because he's so in the, like, it's Natalie's fault. It's Natalie's fault. It's all Natalie's fault. Yeah. In that moment. So, yeah. but, like I said, my only point is that, like, was it actually Natalie's patient? 
And if not, then she also fucked up. Yeah. If it was technically, if, you know, by her saying, can I shadow you or sit in or whatever, then, like, it became her patient, too, then, like, yeah, They still mm-hmm. probably should have communicated better. And Natalie should have been like, hey, I really think we should, te- you know, do vitamin K. They should have had that conversation, but, like, I digress. Right. So then Natalie goes so far because she's so pissed at Will that she tries to change her shifts. And Goodwin's like, yeah, no, I can't. uh, Because anything that right now would even question Dr. Hall said, we can't do. Because that's just going to make the hospital then look worse. So, yeah. Why is she protecting him? I think she thinks she's protecting the hospital. Because in her in her mind that like the worse that will looks the worse the hospital works looks. The only so way risky. that she could have protected the hospital and still punished Will is to fire him, but she didn't go that route, and so now she basically has to protect Will in order to protect the hospital, which is like also kind of fucked up. But so fucked up because if Will like fucks up again, then the whole hospital is a season of Doctor Death. Well, and I feel like they, and you didn't have to fire him, but they should have suspended him because, like, the thing is, is, like, what happens if they go through a whole trial and investigation and things and then they find out, oh, yeah, Will did fuck up. So what, then you're going to fire him after you still continue to let him work? Like, I feel like at this point, Will should at least be suspended. Like, until the trial is done. And then if they find that there was no wrongdoing, then, like, okay, fine, Will can come back to work. Which, I mean, we all know what happened, so there is a wrongdoing, but you know what I mean. So, yeah, but at this point, we're unfortunately 10 seasons, or 10 episodes into a brand new show, so it just doesn't go that way. Yeah, for sure. But like you said, so like you were like, why is she doing it? I feel like at this point, they continue to let Will work. So like, in order to protect the hospital, they have to ultimately protect Will. Oof. Like, I love Goodwin, but man, I'm, I disagree with her on that one. But also, I love Will, so I can't say anything. But she does give some good advice here. She's basically, you know, she tells Natalie, she's like, when I'm faced with a snarling dog, I remind myself that it's self-preservation that's making him show his teeth. Like, at the end of the day, like, you have to stand your ground and, like, you can only do what you can do. And, like, Mm -hmm. if you're truly in the right, then it's going to make the people who are not look bad. And that will show eventually. But you have to stand your ground and... So, Will is so determined to prove that it was the vitamin K that caused a pulmonary embolism, which is what made Tim die, that he goes down to see Nina. The first Nina appearance of Chicago Med. And Nina tells him, basically, that he was very wrong. that That was not how Tim died at all. Like, at all. Not even close. Nope. So, instead of going straight to Natalie to apologize, he goes to Zoe instead and gets a pep talk. And she's trying, whatever. And then, but basically, Zoe's not dumb. And so she figures it out right away that, like, part of the reason, too, that Will's so messed up in this whole thing is because he has feelings for Natalie. And, like, literally, she even says, she's like, it's her, right? So he's not dumb. It's all over Will's face that he has feelings for Natalie. All over his face. It has been the whole season. Yep. And so then finally, you know, she's basically always smart. And she's like, yeah, we should probably postpone, like, our get-together. Like, we're not 
no. So then Will finally goes to see Nat and this happens. I am in no mood, Will. I get it. Natalie, I'm sorry. It wasn't the vitamin K. I was wrong. You wrong? Amazing. Yeah. I've been an ass. Not just today, since last week. Before that, I should not have yelled at you. Why do you always take things out on me? You invite me in, and then you push me back. You ask for my opinion, and then you completely ignore me. It hurts, Will. You wouldn't treat anyone else like this, so why me? Don't you know? No. Manstead's first kiss. Yeah. It, it... I first of all did not remember that this is how it happened at all. I had no correction. I couldn't even tell you what season Manstead's first kiss was even in. Like, no recollection of this whatsoever. Okay. Um, act like you're on Dancing with the Stars. What score do you give this kiss? The kiss or the moment leading up to the kiss? Are we the consistent? whole scene? The, the whole the, the, scene? Seven, seven and a half. Okay. I think personally, what score do you give it? First of all, before I make my comment, this is tough. Okay, so I, I think I might give it a six. I think because, yeah, I do because. <sighs> Will's not in a good place right now. He's being a little bitch. It's basically the the it in a nutshell. And I think it's uh, like I don't think just laying the kiss on her was a good strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see. I think I was thinking more about it as like a when I gave my score, I thought you were talking about more in terms of like this is their first kiss. Like, how do you rank it? Like, what would score would you give it just solely based on first kiss? And for me, like, the thing that I think is cute and the reason I probably give it as high of a, a higher score than I is I do is I do think the moment where she's like, or he's basically like, what do you mean? You know, like, how do you not know? Or whatever he says. And then he goes, I do think that's kind of cute. Like, how did you not realize that basically, like, I really care about you? I think that part is very cute. But like, the kiss is not the greatest first kiss I've ever seen on television. I've seen some way better first kisses on television. Like, it's fine. And like you said, Will is not in a good space. They were literally just fighting. Like, they had just, like, some nasty blowout fights, like, ten minutes earlier. And, like, now they're in this... I, I don't know. Like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's Wait, okay. now I'm curious, though. Who who's like Who has your all-time favorite TV first kiss? I know mine. All time, we're not even talking about one Chicago. Yeah, uh, yeah, any show. Ooh, I mean, the first one that comes to my mind is Glee, just because like that's the one that sat with me the longest, like Finn and Rachel for sure. Um, ooh, who is uh, who would be after that? I'd probably say Finn and Rachel, just because that's the one I can think of off the top of my head, and that's like the one that sat with me the longest. Alex and Izzy, Grey's Anatomy. Eh. I would probably oh, go Alex and Joe. It's a good first kiss. It's good. I would probably go Alex and Joe, but that's probably just more if I was picking. But it also just depends on your criteria, right? Kiss by itself. Now, granted, though, because you know how Will's like, don't, don't you know? 
she holds that kiss so like she knows yeah and she's obviously feeling something too mm-hmm. because she doesn't just do like ew what are you doing like yeah she obviously feels something too but like i said it's not the worst first kiss i've ever seen it's just like given the circumstances and like it's not the best one either <laughs> it's not the best one i didn't realize that this was not the first kiss we got in this batch of episodes for the week. Like, there's another first kiss coming in another show. Yes. 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 Yeah. Little babies. The babies. The and babies. yeah, that's the end of Manstead. Yeah. Do you think, you think the attraction between them was mutual because like you know how in the first couple the first 10 episodes you know they're like everybody knows that you have a thing for natalie do you think nat had a thing for will or do you think that was the moment where she realized like she kind of had a thing for will too um i think she maybe kind of in the back of her head was like oh he's cute or like oh he's really nice to me or whatever but like obviously she was pregnant with owen she was dealing with a lot so like it was nowhere near the forefront of her mind like it was wills because she had you know a lot of other shit going on Right. So I think it was maybe there, like a crush, but like, and then obviously once this happened, then she's like, oh shit. But like, um, yeah, to say it was the same extent of Will's, no. That's fair. But then I can't remember what happens between them. Cause obviously we know that like Will ends up dating Nina and Natalie eventually ends up with Jeff in season two. And they don't get together till the beginning of season three for real. But I'm like, what happens between them and the rest of season one? I don't remember. They just kind of do their own thing, if I remember correctly. Because Will goes through the whole getting sued thing. And I don't really remember what Nat does at the end of season one. Yeah, I don't remember. And then I just remember, like I said, Nina, you know, Will and Nina. And then Natalie ends up eventually dating Jeff for a little bit. And then they don't end up together till like the end of season two, beginning of season three right yeah yep Yep. so then last up we've got connor i miss that man and i say it every week but i miss that man so we start the episode maggie's keeping watch over one of the trauma bays and we find out it's because connor's trying to take a nap sweet sleepy baby so he and dr downey are about to do this like crazy lung transplant on a 9-11 first responder and so when maggie wakes him up from his nap maggie's like you're only allowed to work a max like 24 hour shift and connor's like yeah but dr no, downey 12 made- 12 sorry 12 and connor's like yeah but dr downey makes his own rules so you're telling me that connor hasn't slept in who knows how long and he's about to execute a really complicated lung transplant yes is that safe I was just about to make some excuse like, oh, he's not the primary on the lung transplant, but like, it doesn't matter. Yes, that is what he's, that is what he's saying. No, it is not safe, but that is what happens. Yeah, that can't be, that can't be safe. So once they get into the surgery, they basically realize that like he needs a valve replacement. He's had some issues with his heart. And so they can't do the transplant until they fix the other issue because he just won't survive. And so- Downey's like, well, we can't put him under again, so we've got to keep him under and come up with an alternative. And so Connor throws out a bunch of different possible alternatives. Downey kind of ignores them all. And while they're doing the valve repair, he goes down to see Zanetti during lunch. And 
he's just kind of venting about it. And Zanetti's like, can we literally talk about anything else? Yeah, she's done talking about it. She's like, nope. Understandable. It's, you know, it's his whole life. It's all he cares about now. Yeah. What I also think, too, like, I mean, granted, even though she's trauma and Downey is cardio, I just think that she's also maybe a slight bit jealous of Connor. For sure. As if she just doesn't want to hear him talking about the things that she wants to do. Yeah, and and even though he doesn't mean it the, that no, way, he's not trying to be like, "Haha, look what I can do, and look what you don't get to do." But like, it's still that's how she feels. Exactly, exactly. It's not what he intends, but she kind of feels like he's throwing it in her face. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So he gets paged back into surgery, and in surgery, they hit a little bit of a hiccup, and Downey's like, "Look, I need you to take over." And he does. Connor rises. Connor's like, okay, let's do this. And this might be the moment where the God complex is born. What do you think? Definitely. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought about it because obviously I, I really did not remember this scene before I rewatched it. But like once you said, yeah, for sure. For sure. This might be the birth of the God complex. Yeah. But then we find out later on in Downey's office that Downey was fine all along. He just was kind of testing Connor. Uh and he just says, he's like, look, you don't have to show me how smart you are. You don't have to please me. Just learn. Yep. Because that's kind of what Connor was doing the whole episode was sharing his knowledge. But I don't think he was trying to please him. I think he was genuinely trying to contribute to the case. I think there's just, I think he's trying to, re- I don't think he's trying to please Downey, but I think he is trying to prove something to Downey by going, I think he went a little bit overboard in some moments. Yeah, I can see that. So at the end of the episode, Connor meets Zanetti at Molly's. We haven't exactly been the same since I started with Downey. No, we haven't. Sam, I know this can't be easy for you. But if you're going to make me choose between you and Downey. It's going to be Downey. Yeah. I'm not going to make you choose. Connor might be the only character to have ever been broken up with at Molly's. That is a great question. Is that true? Yeah, right? What's the stat there on breakups? Uh, I don't know. I can't think of any others off the top of my head. Because Aaron and... Yeah, Aaron and Jay put a pause on things in the locker room. Berzik broke up in the locker room. Um, I'm trying to think about, like, fire. Stellaride did not put a pause there. Stellaride had sex at Molly's. Yeah. Cindy and Herman had sex at Molly's. Yeah, I mean, Mount Plouch got married at Molly's. I can't think of anything bad breakup wise that happened. I mean, like, there's a lot of great moments that have happened at Molly's for Fire Kids, but not bad moments. Yeah. I can't think of any. But if we're missing one, please let us know. Yes, please. Add that down to the trivia for next year's trivia game. Yeah. We, yeah. By the way, um, shout out to our patrons who organized our second annual trivia night this past weekend. I feel like awesome. every time we play trivia, I realize how much I don't know about these shows. I get scared because it reminds me how old I'm getting because like my brain can't retain things anymore. 
I mean, I, I will say though, also too, I know a lot of the hard, hard, hard questions came from Jess and like Jess killed it because those are really fucking hard. Yeah, really, really, really hard. hard. You guys, we had a question in our trivia night and this might've been a Jess doing or a team effort. I don't know. We had a question and it was how many one Chicago characters are first generation American? I think that was Jess, but I could be wrong. Think about that and let us know your answer. And then we might let you know the actual answer because we got it. We got it wrong. I couldn't even think. I'm pretty sure I put a question mark. I was like, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know. Big time wrong. Big yeah. time wrong. They were I all had, really hard. They were, they, really were hard. they were good. Like good hard though. That's like, a, it was, a, it was good. <laughs> yeah. But I had a moment earlier today where I was scrolling on TikTok and random clips from TV shows will pop up. And so- Today, the clip that popped up was when Bowden first meets Donna on like the call that they're on. And for some reason, when I saw the clip, my 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 mind immediately went to, oh, it's Bowden and Melissa, because the actress who plays Donna is her name yeah. is Melissa. Melissa and I, was like, I was like, what's her character name though? And it could not come to me. I was like, Cindy and yeah. Herman, Joe and Chloe, Mouse and Trudy, Bowden and <laughs> Melissa. Yeah, and I I legit yeah. had to Google it. I was like, "Fuck, I'm getting old." Yeah, that was that was not a pleasant moment. Yeah, but yeah, shout out to our patrons because trivia night really fun, really frustrating because I feel like I'm stupid, but it was really fun though. We had a great time. We always do. Trivia is always really fun. Which reminder to check out the Patreon link in our socials because we have a good time, guys. We're for the second year in a row, we're also doing a holiday card exchange. It's so like, fun. It's my so dad's much like, fun. why are you getting all these cards? And I'm like, because. Yeah. So yeah, it, and it's a lot of fun. It's it's completely optional, but if you want to participate, you know, you add your name and address to the list, and then we all send cards to each other. And like, that was pretty cool this year to have cards going around the world. Yeah. It was so, really fun. Yeah, really, really cool. And we're still we're we're in the process right now of receiving cards. So like each day we receive a different batch of them, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But yeah. So, Jess, if you're listening, can you please determine the stat of how many characters have been broken up with at Molly's? Yeah, I'm sure you know, but, like, yeah. if you don't, please figure it out and let us know. Please, because now we're really curious. Yeah. All right, any other notes on Med? No, but I, it, like, I feel like as we've been doing this rewatch, I'm like, you know, maybe season one was not as bad as I thought it was. Because, like, <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, this was a really good one. I'm like, actually, I'm like, okay, I want to see what happens next week. Because I don't remember. So, like, I'm like, I want to see what happens next week. Yeah, me neither. I don't remember either. Maybe it's season two that's not as great. And it can maybe redeem itself. But, like, season one has not been as bad as I thought it was. I remember season two being a clusterfuck. That's the panda season. I'm pretty sure I still have not seen all of season two. I'm pretty sure I haven't either. I'm pretty sure there's some episodes in the middle. I don't remember what happens. and Because I've never seen them. Yeah. But yeah. We anyway. Shall see. So. We shall see. Then we move into Chicago Fire. Another, another iconic episode. Yeah. This is this is the one if you're if you're gonna say it in friends terms, this is the one where Flacco dies. Yeah. Yeah. So we start this one off with Cruz and Flacco and Leon and all that stuff. So Brian, I'll let you take it away. Yes. So we first start off in a dream. Cruz is dreaming. He, in the dream, Cruz goes to see Flacco, and he's like, I don't have the 10K to get Leon out. He's like, I have a 1,000, and Flacco's like, no, no, no. And, like, 
of course, they, like, bring Leon in, and, like, in the dream, of course, because, like, Silver Slim dream, Flacco shoots Leon, and that's, like, what wakes Cruz up from his nightmare, and it he's, like, fuck. Like, he's just, like, okay. So, Leon, Cruz calls Leon, and so Leon stops by the firehouse, and Cruz shows him the, like, daily police bulletin that they get, like, every day. And so, like, of course, this particular one just so happens to be talking about an escalating gang war in Humboldt Park, and it's, like, Dude, you need to be careful. And so Cruz tells Leon that he's like worried about him, but Leon just kind of like dismisses it and he's like, keep your nose out of my business. And like, I mean, I still like Leon as a character, but like in this moment, Leon low-key kind of sucks because like he kind of just throws it in Cruz's face that like he doesn't have $10,000. Like, are you not worried about your own future and like trying to come up with solutions? Like, yeah, how do I get myself out of it? Like, I don't want to be in this, like, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, okay, well, you don't have $10,000, so. Well, I think in Leon's eyes, he's got tunnel vision, right? He doesn't think he's in any trouble. No, Leon was like, I think the opposite. I think Leon's like, no, he doesn't want to be there. Because even in last week's episode, he had a moment where you could just tell, like, when he got out of prison that, like, he was, like, not, that's not where he wanted to be. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's a mix, right? It's like Leon's probably like scared shitless and wants to kind of stay where he is, has to not ruffle feathers. Uh, yeah. No, I don't but know. I think, I mean, yeah, he obviously doesn't want to ruffle feathers, but like, I also, like, he was just kind of like, okay, well, you don't have $10,000. So like, you know. I also want to know how Leon got involved in this game because Cruz makes a point in last week's episode to say we weren't raised like this. Yeah, I feel like there's always been a missing piece in the Cruz family backstory that, like, I feel like they implied that, like, there was a period of time where, like, Cruz and Leon weren't close or whatever. Because, like, I feel like if Cruz and Leon were as close as Cruz claims they were growing up, then, like, Cruz wouldn't have let Leon fall into the gang. So, like, was it because, like, Cruz was going through the academy and, like, Cruz was, like too busy being a firefighter that like he just literally couldn't look out for leon all the time like it i feel like there's a missing part of like the cruise backstory somewhere but also where were their parents yeah i don't know because through this whole storyline it's kind of implied that they're dead and nothing ever like says it I, I maybe that's just my brain thinking that but but they never i mean they never mention them so i mean i feel like yeah it's kind of implied like i said i feel like cruise is one there's like you kind of have a tiny bit and like obviously you meet leon but like that's about it we could jot that down as future questions for Joe. Yeah. Oh my God. I cannot wait for like the first interview we do after these strikes. It's going to feel so good. It's going to feel so good. Yeah. So, but anyway, so truck gets called out to a drive-by in Humboldt Park and everyone's dead in the drive-by. So they're just kind of like, you know, doing the whole, you know, all their cleanup and all that stuff. And, like, Cruz sees Flacco, like, drive by moments later. And, like, the look that they exchange, I mean, it's obvious that, like, it was Flacco, even though they don't have proof that it was Flacco. Like, it was obvious that it was Flacco. And so he calls Leon and tells him, he's like, that he knows that there's going to be a retaliation hit and, like, wants him to put some distance between him and Flacco. And he's like, you know, listen, he's like, I think, I know you think you don't have a way out of this life, but you do. He's like, I can help you. He's like, just not right this minute, but like, I can help you like, just say the word. So 51 then gets called out to yet another 
call and this time it's to a fire in Humboldt Park. And so, of course, it started out with like they're in this apartment building, basically a gang shooting then turns into the building being torched. And like now that's how it ends up on fire. And so at first, until they have a situation kind of under control, Bowden tells everyone, like, not to really go in. And, of course, Cruz doesn't listen and goes in anyway because he's so concerned because he thinks Leon's going to be in there. And so Leon's not in there, though, thank God. And they end up getting everyone out. And Cruz ends up doing kind of the final search at the, like, last apartment. And he sees that Flacco is there. Like, Flacco's still in the building. And... He sees, you know, he like Flacco's like, oh, thank God, Cruz, like you're here. And he could help him, but he recognizes, though, that in that moment, that like if Flacco is dead, then that means that Leon's out of the gang life. So he makes the decision. He turns around and lets Flacco, leaves Flacco there, and Flacco dies. This is wild. Yeah. Given the Joe that we have now, this is wild. Yeah. It's wild to think to well first of all it's wild that joe makes the decision period because like i don't know even if i even if i put myself in joe's shoes and i put you know my brother was in you know leon situation like i honestly don't know that like i could have lived with the guilt regardless like i i I don't think i could have and like in my mind i also think it's like well if i save flacco's life then he's kind of in debt to me and, like, he probably could have used that also to get Leon out. I don't think Cruz's brain operates that way. No, I don't think it did either. But, like, that's what crossed my mind. It's like, okay, well, if you save Flacco, Flacco's indebted to you. And you could still get Leon out and not feel the guilt. But, anyway. um, It's also crazy to me that, like, we literally never talk about this moment ever. And, like, yet it's a fundamental thing that shaped Cruz into the Cruz we know today. And, like, they literally never reference it ever. Ever. See, and that's I'm I'm really curious about that. Is does especially this is a good Joe question too? Is does he think that this still haunts Cruz in any way, shape, or form? I'm probably. I feel like it's always got to be with him because this is not this is this is Cruz in a moment of crisis. This is not your everyday normal Cruz. No, and I feel like though for sure, I feel like I could see it definitely affecting Cruz. Like I feel like if Cruz goes into a fire now and is like looking for bodies, I feel like he's going to turn every room and to make sure that like, he's never going to be one to want to leave. Not that any firefighter wants to leave bodies, you know, you know, miss a body in a room somewhere. But I feel like Cruz extra for sure doesn't want to leave. Make sure he wants to make sure that they've checked every aspect of every room to make sure that nobody's left in there. No, but I mean, in, in that kind of case, it's not something where he would deliberately leave somebody behind. In this case, I mean, and he he did it with full conviction, too. Like, at the time, when he calls the all clear, it's in his face that he's just like, No, but it. when you're saying, like, does he still carry it with him? Like, yes, he made the decision in this moment to leave Flacco behind. But I'm saying in terms of, like, the ways he still carries it with him, I'm sure he thinks about it on every call when he's looking for people to make sure they got everyone out. Like, I feel like he probably thinks about it a lot in those situations. Do you think he thinks about it as he's trying to raise two boys to be good men? I don't know. I mean, sure, probably. Probably. I feel like he's going to want to make sure that, like, they don't ever find themselves in a situation where they're going to end up even anywhere remotely near a gang like remotely near a gang yeah i just wonder if it's something that like still eats at him every day where like it's just in the back of his mind probably i can't imagine you basically knowing you left someone to die 
and you made the choice to leave him to die. I and he I'm, did, and he did. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So Joe is racked with guilt. Conveniently, I mean, obviously, like we were just talking about, obviously. Um, and Bowden thinks that he's guilt feeling guilty because he missed one. Like they think he missed one, but obviously that's not the case. Like Bowden doesn't know the real story, Mm-mm. and. So he ends up later on, kind of towards the end of the episode, he ends up calling Casey because he, we, next episode, he's going to end up confessing to Casey, which that's a whole thing. But Casey's out at the prison visiting his mom, so he doesn't answer. So, of course, like Cruz is just sitting there with all of this waiting on himself, and that's all he's got. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I just, that's, I, that's, that's a decision that would like, uh, yeah, it would it would eat at me. Like, every moment of every day, it would be there. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't do it. Like, I would never be able to make that choice. I would have to save Flacco or, I don't know. Like, I, I just could not do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. But again, um, I'm glad it's something they, they did really early in the series. Because I feel like in the middle of the series, if they were to do this, we'd be like, well, that's a weird thing for Joe to do. Mm-hmm. interesting so after that we get into the both the case of the week and casey's family uh do we touch on the dossie stuff here or is that separate no dossie separate okay 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 so the case of the week and casey's family stuff so truck gets called to a woman's apartment it's not even an apartment that's a big ass condo yeah uh, where basically there was a small kitchen fire and there's nothing serious it's in and out really fast but at this point, it's 2012, right? So we're still talking about the 1% and, you know, the whole eat the rich movement is like just starting. And the house is fancy, like really fancy. There's artwork and there's all sorts of cool stuff in there. And so as soon as Chuck pulls away from the fire, the woman comes out and she's basically screaming that somebody took her diamond necklace. Okay. So internal affairs shows up and they're just waiting for 51. And the guy who's in charge the guy who's in charge of internal affairs is this guy named Griffin. And he is an old enemy of Casey's from the Academy. Yeah. So, and he's also got a very punchable face. I'll add in that. So Mm -hmm. they went to the Academy together and Griffin basically made a crack about Casey's family. So Casey laid him out, which like given Casey's family, I would definitely lay him out for something like that. Oh yeah. So Casey's pissed all over again because like all those feelings are bubbling up to the surface and Bowden's like no you need to just play this by the book yeah but it's so tempting to just like deck him mm-hmm. man so Otis starts doing some research and he finds out that the family from the fire is actually selling their whole art collection and at this point like when this is the thing with Casey is that when he's mad he kind of lashes out and I feel like I feel like Otis spends a good time in the early season, a good amount of time in the early seasons, kind of being the brunt of that. But sometimes the thing is, is like, I would say Casey lashes out at Otis in this particular moment. But like, I think in Casey's mind, he's like, what the fuck are Otis? Like, I think you're reading too much into this. Like, where are you going with this? I feel like Mm -hmm. that's more of it in this particular moment. I think sometimes Otis does receive the back end of Casey lashing out. 
I don't think it's in this particular moment. I think it's more just he's Pacey's like, okay, like, yeah, you're probably reading a lot into that. Like, that's not actually what's happening here. Yeah, so he points out to Casey, he's like, you don't sell your art collection unless you need money. Like, you usually leave it at death. And if you sell it during life, it's because you're in trouble. If your kids sell it, not you. You don't sell it. Your kids sell it. Yeah, and so he even goes as far, he's like, this is an insurance scam. And Casey just goes, yeah, you should write that down. Like, really sarcastically. Casey, that's not nice. Mm -hmm. So... Internal affairs goes ham in the locker room. They're searching everything, like opening lockers, going through all their shit. And while they're in there, Griffith makes another comment about Casey's mom. And like knowing what we know going into this episode, I was like, fuck, yeah, you better punch him in the face. Yeah. So he tries to go after him again, but Bowden stops him. Damn, Bowden being the adult. Mm-hmm. Overrated. <laughs> but... Otis actually takes it upon himself to run a background check on the family. That's why I'm like, that's a little too far. But how? How did he do that? I, I don't know. And like, how did he do it so fast? That too. Who was his buddy at the 21st? I don't know. 21st in our mind doesn't exist at this point. Oh my God, you're right. I keep forgetting it's 2012. Yeah. Fire comes first, then PD. Boyd's in jail yeah. at this point. During the Met episode, like during 110 of Met, when Connor goes to talk to Zanetti, I was like, well, he can't be a Molly's. That doesn't exist yet. And then I was like, no, actually, wait, it does, because we're on season three of Fire at this point. Like getting the timeline all screwed up. Season four of Fire. Yeah. Fuck, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. There's this year between Med and PD. Yeah. So I'm still dying to know how Otis got this background check. Like, that's going to be a mystery forever. Yeah. But the family's in financial ruin. So Otis was right. Yeah. And the the husband's been investigated like multiple times and Casey's still just kind of like, yeah, whatever. And then Otis says something that I really want to gift this and tweet it out and be like us in 2017 because Otis says 236 subscribers are going to hear about this on my next podcast. Yes, it's <laughs> so good. And I was just like, yes, that's the most Otis thing to ever say. It is. But also us in 2017. But actually though. <laughs> yeah. So... Casey tries to tell Griffith about it, but he dismisses it. And so Griffith's like, well, what do you do off shift? Like drive around solving mysteries? If only he knew. I know. Have you ever if seen only the he show, knew. Griffin? Yeah. yeah. So Casey goes back to the woman's house and basically like plays a little bit of chicken with her. So he's like, yeah, um, these are the thermal imaging cameras. They're really thorough. They record at all times. And I'm about to go drop these off to the police so like they can review it. And so she doesn't really budge. She's like, okay, whatever. And it turns out the case gets dismissed because, you know, Casey called her bluff and she found she the necklace. a lying liar who lies. Yep. Yep. I love that moment when Herman's like, what did you do? And Casey says it and Mills is like, but thermal cameras don't record. And, <laughs> and then it takes like, a second. Uh... Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good moment. So... Christy, Casey's sister, she ends up dropping by the firehouse, and we get this. Chris, this is a nice surprise. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Matt, Merry Christmas. Almost done chopping. <laughs> I couldn't remember if you're a large or extra large, but there's a gift receipt in there. It's oh, really sweet. Thank you. Since we saw you at the cemetery, Violet's been pretty flipped out why doesn't uncle matt ever come see us and does he not like us 
Do you not like him? And she shouldn't have to be asking those questions. And that's on you and me. Absolutely it is, yeah. I feel like she's been without her uncle and I've been without my brother for too long. Yeah. I want nothing more than for us to be in each other's lives. The last time we talked about I it. I know. I remember the conversation. So you're still defending her? I'm not going to turn my back on her. Don't you miss dad? This is another moment that's a little wild to me because obviously I remember in in the moment when it was happening, being like, okay, well, Casey's dad killed his mom, blah blah blah. Now we didn't know that at this point. No, we didn't. We didn't. But yeah, we didn't know that. We like this is like because like obviously last week when they meet when they see each other at the cemetery, it's like okay, that's a sister, and like he's obviously at his dad's grave. His dad is dead, and like they kind of keep talking. Like it's like slowly being hinted at, but it's hard for me to remember because I'm like, oh yeah, we've always known that, but like obviously we're doing a rewatch, so at this point we didn't actually know that. Yeah, and and looking back on this, watching this now with like 2023 eyes, I was like, hold on a second. I was like, so Casey's dad was like horribly abusive to the point that like his mom killed his dad in self-defense and Christy still defending the dad. Yeah. Holy shit. That's intense. But I don't know. I don't think it was. If I remember correctly, I don't think it was self-defense. I, cause I don't think it was in a moment where like he was, if I remember correctly, weren't they separated and she came like to his house and like killed him that way? I don't think it was self-defense. Oh, that's something I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was not self-defense. I don't think it was like when they were in a fight or something. We're going to find that out in a couple episodes. I think it's next week. I'm pretty sure. And now I like kind of want to go back and look. I'm pretty sure that's not. Yeah. So. I yeah but yes point being is that they're very regardless of what the situation was they're both even if it is what I say it is the fact that they Casey's still defending his mom is like you know whichever way you want to take it it's like okay I don't find well okay so in in my mind it's always been all these years that she killed him in self-defense hold on I'm trying to see if I can (laughs) Jess we know you know I can't find it in an old outline. I can't find it super fast, but I'm pretty sure it's not um, self-defense. Hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not. That might change my opinion on all of this if it wasn't self-defense. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not. But at the I will end of- find out and text you, but I'm pretty okay. sure it's not. Okay, cool. So at the end of the episode, basically, Casey goes to the prison, and this is, like, the big reveal, because he goes to the prison and sits down, and this woman comes up to the table, and Matt just goes, hi, Mom. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And then we get into Dossie, and I this is one of my absolute favorite early Dossie episodes. It's not even like in the grand scheme of things, it's not even like a ton of Dossie. No, but like but what like, you get is like a lot. Yeah. So good. And this is one of the very, very rare moments where Casey's got game. Mm-hmm. 
Actually, this might be the only moment where Casey has exhibited gain. <laughs> One of the very few. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So Dawson mentions the fact she's talking to Shay and she mentions the fact that she may ask Mills to go to her cousin's Christmas party. And so she's like, well, family functions are usually reserved for serious suitors. So like, shouldn't you be asking Casey? And she's basically like, no, no, no. Like Mills is a safe choice. Like I'm going to ask Mills. I'm going to ask Mills. And then she just all of a sudden gets some like balls and decides she's going to ask Casey to go with her. And it's really cute. Hell yeah, she does. Quick question. Saturday. What are you doing? Depends. What do you got? Um, my cousin, the poster child for Better Homes and Gardens, throws this really super fancy Christmas party every year. It's a string quartet, plum pudding, nutmeg sprinkled over the eggnog. So perfect, you want to vomit. Sounds awesome. And you need a date? Yeah. I mean, I just need a friend to bring along, really. Huh. And maybe you should ask Mouch. But if you're up for a date, tell me what time to pick you up. Seven o'clock? Great. He's like, maybe you should ask him out. I was just like dying. But if you're up for a date, then, you know, tell me what time to pick you up. Ugh, I die. That That's game. Like, I don't yeah. think he's, I don't think he's said anything so smooth since. But, Yeah. But if you need a date, tell me what time to pick you up. Oh, that's hot. Yeah. Um. So they end up going to the Christmas party and like they're, you know, Casey's chit-chatting with family. He basically like, she pulls him away and they go in this like library room and Gabby basically ends up asking him if they're just there as friends or if it's a date. And then like she starts to lean in for a kiss, but Casey stops her and like goes for the kiss on the cheek and it's not like a complete turn down. I mean, it is, but it's also like he's basically said, he's like, it's not a good time because it's worth doing right. So like, he knows he's not in the space to do it right now. And he doesn't want to be an asshole to her and like lead her on. And he's not saying no, but he's just saying like, I can't do it now. Like that's, I'm not there yet. Ladies, find you a man who will say it's worth doing right. Yeah. And also, but also look at this photo. Okay. Is this Chicago Fire or is this a Hallmark Christmas movie? <laughs> which one is it i mean very e- well easily be a hallmark christmas movie i i could I, they look so i love this scene so much they look so good and it's just so hot and yeah one of my all-time favorite early dossie moments i die that casey's a good man mm-hmm Any other notes on this one? No. So, I mean, like I said, Dossie, I mean, it's significant what she got, and especially considering, like, the Dossie relation, the early days of Dossie, like, it's very significant, but, like, it's not really that much. It's really not, but, I mean, it, it, it yeah. Yeah. Tell me what time to pick you up. Matt, stop it. It's worth doing, it's doing right, yeah. Oh, God. You're making me blush. So good. Yeah. So good. So then last up, we've got Shay and Severide. And shit kind of hits the fan in this one. I forgot about this. And the one tiny Herman comment. But yeah, mainly Teeny Shay tiny. and Severide. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Severide brings Renee flowers. He he did always, you know, he had that side to him. 
that side when he wanted to have that side he had that side yeah when he wanted to is the key yeah the key distinction there yeah so Dawson and Shay get called into Bowden's office and he basically wants to know about the missing vials that from their rig that disappeared a couple weeks ago. And this has nothing to do with the necklace. There's some pain meds that have disappeared. And we all know where it's gone, but you know, Dawson's like, I have no clue. And Shay's just like, oh shit. So Dawson's like, well, it was probably some junkies, like whatever. And Bowden's like, well, you've got to figure it out. It's on you, your PIC. And I, for, I, I remembered in this episode, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Shane never told Dawson about this. Dawson has no idea. Oh, my goodness. That's bad. Really, really bad. Yeah. So Shay confronts Severide and she's like, look, I must have miscounted. Like, we've got to figure something out because Gabby's ass is on the line. <clears throat> and Severide straight up is like, I don't really know what to tell you. Yeah. But the more things out of Severide's mouth in this episode, the more I'm like, you sound like an addict. As he is. Yeah. I mean, that's what this is, is he is an he's an addict. Straight up. And Shay's yeah. mad. Oh yeah. She's mad. Yeah. Because she says she's like, oh, it's not your problem. You got what you needed and just storms off. He basically used her. Pretty much. Pretty much. And and now he doesn't care if he doesn't care if Gabby goes down. No, he's like, well, my ass is safe. So fucked. So they end up making up the story about leaving a jump bag on a sidewalk at a college campus. And, you know, they, they just kind of roll with that. And Bonin buys it. But then he kind of like kind of asks Shay to stay behind because he kind of sees it in her face. Yeah. And she's like kind of scared because she's like, oh, shit, he's on to me. But, you know, the more he reads her face, he's like, nothing. Don't worry. No. Never mind. So then we cut to an extremely sexy Sev and Renee scene. Mm-hmm. They're having sexy time. And then they're having margaritas in her kitchen. Mm-hmm. Which, like, yeah. They're, they're like, fluorescent green. So, like, what slushy did they make to, like, substitute for a margarita? Who knows? But, yeah. And then we cut to them just kind of chatting and getting to know each other. This is definitely the first time we hear about Severide repairing boats in his off time. Yep. Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. So then Renee just kind of notices it in her in his face, and she's like, so who was she? And he's like, what do you mean? And she goes, the Renee that ruined my name. And there's a pause, and then he goes, she was my fiancé. First of all, I'm impressed that Renee could pick up on that, because I definitely would, if I, I could have been like, okay, well, what's wrong? But I would definitely have not come up with, like, the Renee who ruined my name. Like, I would have never in my mind. Like, I honestly had to go back and rewatch it. Like, you know, replay it, like, those last 20 seconds. Because I thought I missed something. You know, it might have been the it might have been the clue that he only calls her by her last name. Royce, maybe. But I thought that was just them being cute. Because, yeah, yeah, because Renee hears everybody call him Severide. Right. And, like, she even at one point, like, he calls her Royce, and then she's like, okay, Severide. Like, I wouldn't, you know, like, I didn't really think anything of it. And, like I said, I really thought I missed something in that conversation. So I, like, went back and watched it. I was like, no, that's the extent of their conversation. Like, and I, that was, I mean, I would not have picked up on that. But then also it was, like, the reveal that Severide was once engaged. It's like, oh, shit. Like. Yeah. Yep. What episode is that? Where when, the brother comes back and, you know, then they have to go find the ex-fiance and... It's got to be soon. It's got to be soon. 
Yeah. yeah. Now I'm like, let's go look at Wikipedia. When is that coming up? Yeah, it's got to be soon. So the next morning at the apartment, Shay has had it and she confronts Severide. You know I love you, right? Okay, what's going on? I love you because I know you'd stick your neck out for me the way I have for you. Of course I would. And I did that to get you over the hump. Which you totally did. And then I found these in the trash. Those are old. They're old. I perjured myself for you, Kelly. Shay. I'm out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? I mean I'm out. We had a deal. We wouldn't get in each other's business, but I can't hold up my end. So I'm out. Shay, it's okay. I got it. I got I got it. You don't got it. I'm not gonna sit here and watch you fool yourself. I'll get the rest of my stuff later. Shay, hey, please don't go. Please don't, please don't do this. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even realize he's in trouble. Like the desperation in his voice as he like begs her to stay, just he doesn't realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to see. Oh, okay. Eric, the stuff with Severide, it's episode like 14, 15, 16. It's a couple episodes. I didn't realize that storyline was that long. We uh, may not get there. We won't get there. Mm-mm. I think we're only going to be able to do one more. You're right. Because then we have Christmas and then we're taking, you know, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> I thought we'd be able to get through at least PD season one and nope. Yeah. Yeah. So at the very end, Shay and Dawson are on a call and they're kind of having girl talk. They're, you know, just doing their thing. And so Shay's like, can I stay with you? Gabby's like, yeah, absolutely. And while they're in the ambo, they get hit out of nowhere. And Mm -hmm. that is the Clippy. Yep. That is the Clippy. The next week is good, though, because it's basically like Severide being a scared little bean the whole episode because he's just like, oh, fuck, we had a fight. And now, like, she might die. And yeah. And if I remember correctly, isn't like. Because Gabby, obviously, she was going to Shay was about to stay with Gabby and like so Severide's like, no, 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 she can come home. And Gabby's like, no, she's going to yeah. stay with me because you fucked up and you're an asshole. And yeah. 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 Okay, I thought that was the same thing. Yeah. Next week's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and then last up there's a little teeny bit about herman yeah so basically i this episode is, or this storyline plays out again at some point basically this is when herman buys the limo because some guy is liquidating his company and like so he has severide be his mechanic to like look at it and like severide like gets him a deal on the car but severide's like well but you're gonna have to use that money to fix it like I got you deal because it's a piece of shit basically mm-hmm. and like the, and this is just like one funny scene basically like they get called on a fire and like Casey tells Cap to move it because it was only truck that gets called out squad didn't get caught out and like Herman's worried that the, for a hot second that it's not even going to start and so when it starts he's like oh thank god <laughs> <laughs> but if I remember correctly because the limo comes back into play and like her, it ends up Herman ends up beating on it. I can't remember why he ends up like beating on it. I don't remember why that was, but oh, I don't remember that. 
yeah, I'm pretty sure it comes back into play. But hmm. anyway. Any other notes so. on fire? No, but to answer your question, I couldn't find out if she went into his house or if she was already there. But it has nothing to do with her. It had to do with, like, I mean, Casey's dad apparently was, if I remember correctly, like, always, like, abusive. And, like, especially, like, verbally abusive. And, like, he was being verbally abusive towards Casey. And, like, his mom couldn't really stand it. And that's why she went and, like, killed the dad. It has nothing to do with, like, him attacking her. It had to do with Casey. Oh, so she just had it. Yeah, she just snapped. That's tough. I mean, okay, so that's why Casey's defending his mom is because she was protecting him. Christy just doesn't. Yeah. Christy has a different perspective on it. Christy's like, oh, well, no, she killed dad. Yeah. 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 And presumably she's younger. So, you know, her memories of the abuse are probably. No, I think Christy's older. Is she older? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And that supposedly, I from what I could reread, that I, like I said, the details are a little blurry, but, like, she wasn't around, which is why she didn't see it, the abuse. Oh, yeah. Because, like, she was probably already, like, gone out of the house. Because yeah. this happens when Casey's in, like, high school. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I think I so. I think, yeah. So if she's, like, a couple years, if she's, like, a sophomore and she's, like, two or three years older, she wouldn't have been there. Oh, right, right. That makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Let's stretch it because it's PD time. Oh, man. I've been, like, waiting for this episode, like, all season, basically. Like, episode, for the Lottie stuff to, like, come to head. What I forgot about this episode is that the Lonnie stuff is not the A story at all. No, it's the B story. This is where the show kind of makes a couple mistakes in my opinion and this is not the first time they've done this where there's a crazy cliffhanger and then they just kind of brush it under the rug like i don't feel like they brushed it under the rug it shouldn't have been the b story though but like what's there really to solve well we've got to exonerate jay right but that's not a whole i I mean maybe it's just because of the way they wrote it so like it's hard for me to imagine it but like that's not a whole 44 minutes because there's not, like, a ton of mystery. Like, Jay figures it out pretty quickly that it was probably the dad. And, like, you know, like, it's not, like, a whole mystery. And, like, unfortunately, like, while it was really a lot better in the beginning, like, it still is a procedural. There still has to be a case of the week. Yeah, I get it. This is almost like the time when, when Al died and how, you know, this giant thing happened. And we still had a case of the week that wasn't related. That's like, a different time, though. In my opinion, that's a different time and, like, a whole different thing. Because at that point, that's a main character dying. And we were, in the, we were in the Rick-Eyed era. And, like, yeah, I agree. That should not have been swept under the rug. This is, like, Jay's accused of murder. And, like, it's in the early... Like, I don't know. To me, that's not the same thing. Well, I, I, I'm only saying it's the same in terms of the cliffhanger. Because... When any time that that has happened where we've had a cliffhanger and then the next episode starts, I don't give a shit about the case of the week. I want to resolve the cliffhanger. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, to me, I thought they handled this well. Like, I actually was like, I remembered the case very well. And I was like, and, and more in my opinion, the thing I was talking about when I was thinking about this case, I was like, man, the cases used to be so simple. 
Like they really did. So simple. And I was like, this is so easy to follow. And I was like, this is great. I was like, this is so easy. I got this. Yeah. Yeah. I also miss the days of multiple storylines on PD when we had an A, B, and C story. Yeah. Or at least an A and B. There was at least two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So of course we start with Jay. So Jay comes into work. He's completely chill. He's like, morning. What's up? Who caught the Blackhawks game? And everybody's just kind of like serious. And Jay's like, what the fuck? So Voight and Commander Perry meet him and they're like, where were you last night? And he's like, I was at home. Well, Perry's like, not necessarily because here's Lonnie Rodiger's car and here's your car. And by the way, Lonnie turned up dead last night. Mm-hmm. And Jay is like, I'm sorry, he what? Yeah. Yeah. So... Voight's like, okay, well, here's the deal. Like, you're officially stripped until this is resolved. So, like, gun, badge, hand it over. You know how this works. Yeah. And Jay's pissed. He's pissed. pissed. Completely understandable, too. He, I mean, this is the way he sums it up. So, like, Aaron kind of grabs him on the way out. And he's like, I'm the one who tried to stop him. And now they're suspecting me. Yeah. Like, this is bullshit. And so Jay tries to go to Jen and get the file and Jay's or Jen's like, fuck no. Like you got me in so much trouble. Absolutely not. Yeah. And Antonio's really like rough with him too. This is the thing I hate about the storyline is that like Antonio just like brushes him off. And yeah, and, and it's Anto- all Antonio and Voight care about is Antonio's reputation. I don't even think Voight cares about Antonio's reputation. Voight's just like, well, I listened to you and like you may have fucked me over. That's and so fun. Antonio's, I don't think Antonio's worried about his reputation. I think he's more of like, oh shit, like maybe my gut wasn't right. And like, now I, you know, I don't think it's a reputation thing. I think it's more of just like, did I fuck, did I follow my gut when I should have not, you know, I should have listened to my head or something like that. One of those yeah. situations. But still also the fact that Antonio brushed him off, I was like, really, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when Antonio finally does give him the file, I'm like, bro, calm down. Yeah. Crazy. So, baby Ruzik being baby Ruzik, he uh, he does what he does. And so he's like, so does anybody think Jay did it? And they're like, <laughs> what the fuck? Alan, nobody responds. Alan and Aaron are like, bro. Yeah. And Ruzik's like, it's a question you never know around here sometimes. And Al goes, well, what's that supposed to mean? And he's like, nothing. <laughs> But what is that actually supposed to mean? I think with all the Voight getting arrested. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it has to do with Voight being a shady son of a bitch, but. Yeah, I think everybody in the the unit is slowly but surely, like, learning, like, don't talk about that. That we just, we pretend that doesn't happen. Probably. Yeah. So Jay goes to visit Ben's parents and, you know, he flat out tells them and their parents are like, look, like, we don't really feel any sympathy. Like, sorry. And so Jay tells Ben's dad and he's like, look, if you did something like you need to tell me so that we can figure this out. Not like so I can turn you in and exonerate myself, but like so that we can work this out together. Yeah. Yeah. And so the dad's like, look, I've like I fantasized about it, but I didn't do it. Like, no way. And so as Jay's leaving, Lonnie's parents are like waiting for him. And well, no, like, this but hold is on a second. Fault. You forgot yeah, the yeah. craziest part when Ben's dad is like, I fantasized about it, but I didn't do it. But like, if you need me to confess to cover oh, for yeah, you, yeah, yeah. like, I will. I'll do whatever you need me to do because you've done so much for us. And I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. 
That doesn't seem that crazy to me. I don't know. That just seemed like wild to me that like you're willing to go down for something you did you didn't do. I don't know. That seemed a little crazy to me, but I don't know. I this whole situation is crazy. But yeah, the dad does. He's he's yeah, he offers, he's like, I will confess if you want me to. And that's not an option at all for Jay. Jay's like, fuck no, no. Yeah. Uh but yeah, as he's leaving, Lonnie's parents see Jay and they're like, this is all your fault. This is all your fault. So I'm guessing in this moment, this is just like Lonnie's dad trying to like create a cover. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't think, I, I don't think it's necessarily all a cover too. I think it's more that like in Lonnie's dad's eyes, it was Jay's, not Jay's fault, but like Jay constantly bringing it up and Jay being there, you know, and reminding him of like Lonnie, what Lonnie did and blah, blah, blah. Like, is what led to Lonnie's dad ultimately kind of hitting his breaking point because he was constantly reminded of it by Jay. Yeah. So, like, not even this thing that he's, like, trying to blame it on Jay. He's trying to blame it on Jay more emotionally than he is that, like, Jay killed Lonnie. Yeah, like, it, it's it's your fault that I did this because, right. yeah. Right, not even more of, like, a you did it, like, you know. I don't think that's what it's trying to say. I think it's more of like a, you did this, like you kept, you know, you didn't leave us alone and now look what happened. That's a good catch. Yeah. That's a good catch. Yeah. So Jay sits down with internal affairs. It's not going well. He no. will not give a statement. He's just not, he's like, no, fuck you. Like you're trying to screw, you're trying to screw my whole unit over. I'm not trusting you with anything. Yeah. And so Voight calls Antonio into his office to talk about the whole situation. This completely rose me the wrong way. Like, just listen. Austin, you think he did it? If I knew, you think I'd tell you? Okay. Second reason I called you in here, you should have kept better eyes on him. You're saying this is my fault? He's your guy, you brought him in? You're judging me. After everything you've done. IED put you in cuffs a week ago. Yeah. Cuffs I got out of. I told you day one, you want to bring this kid in our unit? Fine. But I hold you responsible for his actions. That hasn't changed, Antonio. Yeah. It's more just like, again, it's more blame on Antonio because it's like, oh, well, you're the one that brought Jay in here and it's all your fault. And I was like, what the fuck? Right, right. What the fuck? And also the way that, you know, Antonio's like, you just found yourself in cuffs a week ago. And he's like, yeah, cuffs yeah. I got out of. If Jay can't get himself out of this, then he shouldn't yeah. be here. That's not how Voight rolls. No. No. And it's like also hypocritical much. Like even if Jay, even if Jay had done it, right? Like even if you were like, yeah, Jay murdered Lonnie, like hypocritical much. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Voight makes his own rules for himself mm-hmm yeah yeah so then antonio meets jay in the parking lot this is ridiculous because like jay's like oh my god thanks for meeting me and antonio just starts beating him up yeah what the fuck yeah makes no sense so yeah he's like did you do it did you do it and like jay can't get a word in and he's like no if i was gonna do it i would have done it the night that he raped and murdered ben corson yeah and so Antonio's like, here's the fucking file. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I just, I think I, it's, it's weird to me how they all kind of questioned Jay. The only one who didn't question Jay was Aaron and everybody else was like, did he do this? Yeah. Yep. 
messed up. Aaron was basically like, what do you need for me? Like, lean on me. Like, what do you need for me? Right. Like, I get that he's relatively new to the unit, but he's part of the unit. Yeah. Which means sure. that yeah, he's one of them. Mm-hmm. This is why I have the problem with Torres being out for, like, occasional episodes. I'm like, no, he's in the unit. He's one of us now. Yep. Messed up. Yep. So Jay's going through the file at home later on, and he gets a knock at the door, and it's Al. You know, I had my piece and badge taken away from me. It's the worst feeling in the world. Is it the Browning thing? Well, <clears throat> no one expected us to deliver him alive, so we just decided not to deliver him at all. Avoid making do it. No one made anyone do anything that night. I didn't kill Ronnie. also the way they they nudged in like a little bit more about like that al wait situation from a few weeks the i can't remember if that was last week the chinese try the yeah that whole little thing and aaron was trying to find out what happened and like they add like a tiny more thing because jay's like oh so that's what happened to this and he's like "Hmm?" so and and the Al says some interesting stuff. How he's like nobody expected us to deliver him alive, so we just didn't deliver him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And you're gonna hang Jay out to dry on possibly. And then they basically someone? just like left him like that. And then that's like the end of that part of the conversation. And it's like what? <laughs> what? You can't just leave it on that. But also, the more stuff we get from Al, and the more I rewatch these episodes, I miss him so much. I miss him so much, but I also, the more we rewatch these episodes, especially these earlier ones, I think I just, I also realized like how much, like how in on it Al was almost like willingly. Oh, big time. Like, I don't know how much, like, I think to some extent Voight was the one who was like pushing Al to do it. But like, I think I always thought that. And then now that I'm doing, I'm like, no, Al's a much more willing participant in all this stuff than I thought he was. Exactly. No, totally, totally. But also Al was kind of like the Voight interpreter. How like if Voight would do something and, you know, the kids in the unit were like, why did he do that? And then Voight was like, shut the fuck up. They could go to Al and Al would be like, well, here's a little insight into his head. And we don't get that anymore. When we lost him, we lost that. So now half the things Voight does, we're like, I don't know. Half the things. More than half the things. All the things. Yeah, we lost our like Voight interpreter. Yeah, but... Oof. So yeah, Jay's like, I need to run something by you. And he puts two and two together and he goes to talk to Lonnie's dad and he's like, look, here are the photos. I know for a fact that like what you told the cops is not true. And here's the proof. And the dad finally comes clean. And like, it's sad, really. It's really sad. Yeah. Because, you know, Jay's like, you killed him. And he's like, he was sick. Like all of those years I defended him, but he was sick. Yeah. It's in, in in Lonnie's dad's eyes, it's kind of like he mercy killed his own son. Yeah, for sure. Like he loved his son, but like he just couldn't take it anymore. And like his son did a lot of fucked up things. And, uh, you know, he just couldn't do it anymore. 
And the, the way Jay phrases it too, how like, you know, he's got the pictures and he's like, your son, like he got sick of hunting. So he came home. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Yeah. So yeah, they, they bring Lonnie's dad in to testify. He confesses and Jay's able to get back to work and we end the episode and Jay goes to visit Ben's grave. A little bit of closure. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 So the timestamp on Ben's grave, it was, he was born in 1999. So Ben's sister was an old girlfriend of Jay's, right? Yeah. High school. So 1999, Jay was in high school. No, not when he was born. Pretty sure he was in high school. And I don't know. I have it written down somewhere. Hold on. I can tell you. Hold on a second. Let me find the. Let me pull up the doc, the background doc, just to make sure. Because I, uh, where did I, what did I call that thing? Bios? Yeah. Or wait, or did Jay say he was in the academy when it happened? Um, Ben was the younger brother. Yeah, no, it, okay. Ben was the younger brother of this girl Jay dated in high school. Jay was on the scene when they found Ben's body. So Ben, Jay was definitely not in high school. Okay, so Jay was a but Jay was a cop in 07. Yes, correct. Okay. Because it's been seven years since Ben died, and that was this started in 2014 and Ben died in 07. So yes. Okay. Correct. It's coming together now. So Jay must have gotten back from the military sometime in like 0506. If not yeah. earlier. It's, presumably- okay. it's coming together. Presumably? Roughly, just coming together. <sighs> Goodness, but yeah, that is that is the J part of it, man. Oof. Yep. And then we get into the case, which, like, again, cases used to be easy, so easy to follow. They're not easy anymore. No, no, no. Go ahead, Brenna. So, yeah, basically there's a bad car accident and this old lady plows her boat through an intersection. And, of course, she didn't get hurt, whatever. So we get Severide and Mills. We get a brief Severide and Mills cameo. Severide comes back later on, too, but, like, brief Severide and Mills cameo. And, basically, they're working on trying to get one of the drivers out of one of the other cars. And they get him free and, like, the dude literally punches Mills and then runs. Rude. Yeah. And so he runs, they don't catch him. And so Birdwater, though, checks the car and they find a torso in the trunk. As one does, casual. And of course, so then, of course, they start investigating. So, of course, car was stolen. So, of course, they don't get any leads from that. But Jen does Jen things and the torso has an artificial hip. So Jen is able to use that to ID the body, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. But like also cool at the same time. Mm-hmm. so the body comes back and it's dr richard elliott and he is a dna consultant who testified for the state's attorney and his wife had reported him missing so of course Boyd and sumner go visit her and he was about to up he was about to testify in some upcoming trial for this guy nick dershevik so the rest of intelligence goes to dershevik's place and they find him in quite the compromising position <laughs> And once he sees the police come, he tries to fling himself off the balcony, but gets caught on this leash thing. It's a belt. Yeah, (laughs) leash, whatever. 
Um, it's a belt attached to a collar or whatever. And it gets caught on that. And so then they decide that there's a trampoline oh so conveniently right there. So they move the trampoline thinking that'll catch his fall. And so they cut him free. And then, of course, he, the it does not break his fall. He goes straight through the trampoline. I want to know who thought the trampoline was a good idea. Well, they thought he was just going to bounce up, but that's not the case when the trampoline's been sitting outside and, like, rusting, and Wasn't that's not how frozen? this goes. What? Wasn't it frozen? Like, the ice was, he was going to break the ice, and, like... I don't think there was ice on it, no, but, like, either way, when a trampoline's outside, eventually it's going to rest, and eventually you're going to hit it, and it's just going to go, I've done it before, it's not, we've done it before, I fell through a trampoline once and it broke, but, um... I have gymnastics friends who have done that. I've had just like ridiculous bruises on their legs. Yeah, our first trampoline, we did it. And like we had some friends over and we were like all trying to do one of those things where you like jump at the same time. Uh, and a double like, bounce? One. Yeah, we were like bounce? one, two, three. And like we all did it. It was like me, Noah, and like two of our friends. And like we did it. And then it went like half the trampoline. The springs just like broke and we like fell through. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, so point being, that has really the trampoline has nothing to do with anything, but it is a funny scene. It's a really funny I do scene. what I do miss about the early episodes is that they did manage to sprinkle in some comedy. Right. And so when he goes over the balcony, Ruzik's like, hey, I think you found yourself in an erotic asphyxiation situation here. It's so good. I I miss little things about baby Ruzik. Yeah. So they bring him in for interrogation. He's like, I didn't do it. And Severide's like, yeah, that's not the same guy. And so they have Severide look at some more mugshots and he point mugshots and points out this one guy. Uh, it turns out it's his name is Tony Johnson and he's a white supremacist. Because yeah. Mm-hmm. So they go visit his salvage yard and they find his body. So yeah. Oh, they don't just find his body. They find it dissolving in yeah. acid. They find parts of his body. Oh, my God. So, and of course, though, the MBE was able to see, though, of what's left his body, that there were strangulation marks on his neck. And they find his phone, and they find that basically he called his lawyer, like, 24 times in the last day or so. So, Aaron and Sumner are going to go talk to her, and Voight's like, eh, Antonio, you should go place. And Aaron's like, what? you don't trust two women and she's like say it and Voight's like I think partners are better male female and Aaron's just like fuck you and she didn't even say anything but she's basically like fuck you and they still go anyway she says kiss my ass yeah file that under another thing I would never say to my boss yeah but again boss that's more like a dad so we never found out for sure but yeah so they go and visit Tony's lawyer and she's like look he thought that his the doctor's Elliot's research was wrong and that like Tony was afraid of his life by this guy named Jacob Sims because they had a falling out over business. And so they're like, okay, I guess we're going after Jacob Sims. So intelligence is working with Rosemont PD to take Sims down at the like current location. Sims is walking out of a gun show because of course he is. Because of course he is. Mm-hmm. And Voight tells Rosemont PD to wait and stand down, but one of the officers doesn't listen, and they go before they should have. So bad. Yeah, so then it ends up being, like, a whole shootout in the parking lot. 
one go Rosemont guy who went too soon ends up getting shot and dies and Sims gets away. So it's a really just not great situation all around. Nope. So then Ruzik finds Kim as she's like filling out paperwork and he checks on her because he's like, it ends up being, that was her first time firing her weapon. And it was in this moment that I realized Kim was 26. I, in some, for some reason back, even though at this point it's been now like 10, almost 11 years, it does not hit me the fact that like she would have been that young, but I'm like, well, yeah, now she's in her 30s. But I guess I've always in my head, I'm like, okay, she was like 30. It's fine. Yeah, I I forgot that like in canon, we know exactly how old Kim is. At this moment in time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think she. I, I think mean, if she, she was just, 26 in the first season and like you can assume that she's basically like 36, 37, give or take time jumps and stuff. You she, can assume she's basically like 36, 37. So in, in the episode where Nicole is raped and Kim does the drugs, um, there's a snippet of her bracelet and she was born in 1988. So she should have just turned 35. But then that still makes no sense. No, like now Kim should have just turned 35. Yeah, I know. But this was, I guess, because it's technically 23. It's been nine years, 10 seasons. Okay. I guess you could make that make sense. Yeah. Anyway. So he's like, listen, like, when you're done with this, like, let's get out of here. And they go to Molly's. And... Then we get this. Thanks for the thanks for the beer. Yeah. I'm around anytime you need to talk. Alright? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Hey, it's okay. They're just so cute. They're so cute. I just, I love it for sight. I still don't know if it's love for sight, but it's definitely something. It's something. But like, even I, the way, when, when Adam's talking to Kim and he's like, wait, was this your first time firing your weapon? Like, you see it in him. Like, that subconscious instinct to protect her is, it's, even from, like, inception, it was there. I died. But that's what I'm saying. I think think it's something. I definitely agree that there's something. I don't know, like, I feel like it's hard for me to say that, like, he saw with Burgess that it was love at first sight when he was technically already engaged to someone else. But, like, I don't know. I think it's something, but I don't know if I would call it love at first sight. But Mm, I think it, I think it can happen. But, um, and then we get their first kiss so cute the little babies i did not remember that this happened in this episode though uh the only reason i remembered is because our patron erin she sent me an email and she was like next week is berzik's first kiss got it and it's so good yeah it's so good but um i don't condone cheating but this is a good first kiss yeah so adam's still engaged to wendy so that's where we're at yeah so, Voight goes to visit the lawyer girl at her home this time, and he, like, starts asking her questions, and she's like, well, I can't ever remember, I can't, she can't really remember Tony ever mentioning Jacob Sims, and, like, she's just, you know, 
her stories start not being like a hundred percent accurate. She's starting to like kind of flub a little bit. So they're back in the bullpen, and Jen mentions that the crime scene investigator found something involving the lawyer. Turns out it's a sex tape of her and Sims. Mm, so obviously tape. she's been lying. The sex tape never lies. The sex tape never lies. One of so, the many lessons of One Chicago. They bring her in, and she ends up admitting that the cameraman was Tony. So plot twist really thickens there. Mm-hmm. And she claims, you know, of course, she's trying to play the victim card that she was forced into it and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So then we're at the 21st and Ruzik and Burgess run into each other and they talk about what happens. They agree to keep it as friends. Like, they're, you know, it's a little awkward, but, like, they handle it pretty well for the most part. But you get, like, Platt looking on. Like, Platt knows that something's up. Platt knows. She knows. The moment that killed me is when Platt's like, hello, like, she's kind of like creeping on them the whole episode, but then she's like, I read body language and yours says that you got felt up. Trudy, like, you can't say that. Yeah. So, Sumner has a CI that used to kind of run in that world, so she goes to talk to him and he tells her that they basically use a trucking company for their meth so if that's the way that sims was going to get out of town like that's how he's going to escape so they go to the trucking yard and they find out which rig he's in adam ends up getting shot but like the vest stops it so he's okay but Casual. it is a, it is a scary moment for two seconds point two seconds yeah. <laughs> um so they end up catching him though and like void compliments sumner for two seconds and like you know, about her intel, good intel, and tells her that she can write the report. And she's like, should I leave out the part where you shot an unsupported suspect? And, like, within just that one sentence, it's like everything that Voight was, like, complimentary on, like, goes away. Like, he lost any respect that she gained at that moment. He barely had any respect for her. I think for two seconds he did. Yeah, obviously, I don't think he would have complimented her if he gained didn't gain, like, even two point second. I, you know, but, like, it was, like, Within, like, one sentence, she wiped away, like, all the good she had just built up. And it's not even like she did anything bad. She called him out. Because, I mean, yeah, shooting that guy was pretty unwarranted. No, for sure. And, like, obviously she was right to call him out. But it's like, you know, she's like, oh, should I put that in? Leave that out? And he's like, no, you can leave that out. Yeah. She's basically sending him the message of, like, I'm good police, but I go by the book. So they go back to the lawyer girl and, you know, they tell her, they're like, you know, look, when you found out from Sims that like Dr. Elliot was the reason you lost like eight of your most recent cases and that you're close to being voted out of the firm. So you probably seduced Tony into Sims and doing your dirty work for you. Uh, but they can't prove her anything like they can't hold, you know, they can't prove that. So basically they have to kick her, which is like. Yeah, unfortunate. So, end of shift happens, and Platt stops Burgess and asks her about Ruzik. Mm. And she's like, I know body language, and yours says you got felt up. <laughs> and she's like, shh. Like, Burgess is, like, so embarrassed that Platt said that. I mean, phrasing. Yeah, phrasing. And, again, confirmation that Burgess is 26 at this point. We got that fact. That's all we know. <laughs> she actually said the words. Canon. Yeah. And so, cut to Ruzik. Ruzik is in the locker room with Al and, like, asks him about getting cold feet. 
And, you know, Al goes through this whole thing. And Al basically says, he's like, if your marriage doesn't work out, so be it. But your kids, they last a lifetime. And, like, the feels I got in this moment about thinking about Michaela. Because, mm. obviously, like, and look where we are now with, like, Kim. Not only just the fact that, like, Ruzik has a daughter, but, like, it's Kim. And, like, that's who he's thinking about in this moment when he's talking to Al. And I was just like, oh, my God, the feels. The feels. Dadum. Like, you know, because the whole thing Al's talking about, too, like, you picking the right, like, life partner and blah, 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 and, like, with the kids. And, like, obviously he did because he, Kim and Michaela, and I was just like, oh, my God, the feels, the feels. But actually, though. But actually, though. So the episode ends and Severide stops by to see Aaron. Because, again, we're in that kind of weird, they're starting to do crossover relationships and, like, they're trying to make this work and it doesn't, but it's okay. Um. And she, the whole episode, she had been looking for this, like, grenade paperweight that she had. And, like, he brings it to her, which obviously means he stole it because he wanted an excuse to come see her. And, like, of course, then they start making out. And I will say, I was never, like, a huge Severide Aaron fan. But, like, they kiss. And then he's, like, about to leave. And then they have, like, another kiss. And, like, he, like, grabs her face and, like, pushes her against the door. And I'm like, you know what? That's hot. I don't care. Like, yeah. Uh, Sever grabbing your face and push you against the door. It's hot. Mm-hmm. They yep. might not be my favorite couple, but that's still hot. I don't think they were anybody's favorite, but it makes sense. I, there's somebody out there, I'm sure, that was like a diehard. Yeah. Yeah. Severide sure. Aaron fan. Yeah. But I mean, I, they had to try it because I mean, they were both so similar. They had to. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, it is hot. When they were trying to make crossover things happen, they were like, oh, look, we can do a crossover ship with like one hot person and another hot person. And like, yeah. You know. Yep. But the crossover ships, besides Plouch, never happened, never worked. Mm-mm. They could try it again, though. I wouldn't be mad. Who would you want them to do as the next crossover ship? I mean, granted, we got to get some new players in there because like we don't have much to work with. But yeah. Hold on. Let me contemplate this a little bit. We don't have much left. Yeah, it would obviously it couldn't. Well, hold on. My brain is like doing the roulette of characters that are left that are single. Yeah, this is going great. Okay, well, let's just put it this way Ahmed, you've basically got, I mean, you technically have Hannah and Archer, but like they're probably going to go that route. So, like, you almost kind of just throw them aside. You basically have the inter, well, the residents. Hannah and Torres. Where did you come up with that from? They're the only characters I could think of that were single. <laughs> I want to say, you know what? I want to say like a med resident and like somebody. I don't know. Give me something just like completely out of left field. But I don't know who I'd pair them with. Nelly and Torres. That I could be here for. Yeah. That I could be here for, but we got to make sure we get them both back. Uh, yeah. Um, Lila posted recently and she's in LA. So at least she's not, she's definitely not in the premiere. Okay. We still need to figure out though, last week with Connor in a hotel gym and was that Chicago? Yeah. Where, where was Connor and Devin hasn't posted. So people, I need something. Help us out, please. Please. Where yeah. in the world are the new residents? Where is anyone? But actually, though. 
It's like, all we know right now is we've got all our fire kids. All the fire kids are okay. Yes, all the fire kids are present and accounted for. It's the other shows where we're like, That are um, supposed to be there. They're all, yeah, they're yes. fine. Yes, yep, yep. Yeah. It's the other shows we've got worries about. <laughs> yep. But. Yep. Yeah. Any other notes on PD? No, good episode. Solid batch of episodes this week. This is, yeah, very good. I'm actually really excited to see what happens in, like, all three of these next episodes. Yeah, and especially because this next week, like you said, is going to be, like, the last round of rewatches we can do. Yeah, because then we're going to do movies, and then obviously we're going to take some time off for the holidays, and then basically it's going to be, like, wish lists, and then we're going to be back. Full steam ahead. Yeah, because we're going to take an extra week off at the holidays, so yeah. Wait, doesn't Hanukkah start this week? Doesn't Hanukkah start today, the days everybody's listening to this? So... If you don't know that much about Jewish holidays, so Jewish holidays always start at sunset. So, like, if you see on a calendar that, like, Hanukkah begins today, most of the time they usually get it wrong that, like, it starts by the night. So, like, technically Hanukkah starts tomorrow night, and tomorrow night, so your birthday, tomorrow night is the first night, and then, like, the first day is the Friday. So, it goes, like, night, day, night, day, night. That's how, like, Jewish holidays work. Ah, okay. So, so, so consider the tomorrow. beginning of Hanukkah my birthday present to you. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yes, tomorrow night, Thursday night, is the first night of Hanukkah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Cool. Yep. Pretty. Well, you guys know the deal. If you see any news, send it to us. You know, follow us on socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok. I think I got it all uh yeah email us anytime about anything you guys seriously we don't just say that like we love to talk about other shows there's a lot of stuff happening right now mm-hmm. we're happy to talk about it doesn't have to be one chicago it could be anything um and as we always say if you don't want us to talk about it on the pod just let us know and yep. that's fine that's fine so yeah um follow us individually on twitter i am at gina watches tv brenna i am at brenna k13 normal schedule and then yep. we're, we're getting really close. We're getting really close. We're like really, really close. It's yeah. like wild. I'm ready. I'm so ready. To I'm just dive so into ready. Episodes. I'm so ready. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah. In the meantime, everybody have a great weekend. And, and Gina, we- I, I mean, obviously, by the time this comes out, it will be past your birthday. But happy, happy birthday, my friend. Thank I love you. you. I, I love, love you so much. Your gift should be there on Friday. It's a little late, but it's okay. It'll be there. Oh, you're so sweet. You're sweet. Mwah, I love did you, you get my Christmas card yet? Yes, I did. And I taped it up in my office today. Yay. So Yay. I so. did. Mine finally went out in the mail yesterday. Yeah. So nice. Nice. Thank you. I love you too. But yes, Mwah. everybody have a great weekend and we will see you next week. Bye.